What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 85, off of a quick uh, break once again. A uh, little unexpected. I was on vacation last week. I was ready to do it, but we ran into an issue with the guest, and it's all good. We took the break, and now we're back. So what's going on, everybody? Love being back. I was I was expecting uh, I, I, I was expecting it to be something that that I hadn't done in a while, and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? Can I do it again? But here I am, dude. I'm just talking into a microphone here with my resident homies, as always, uh, Joel and Casey. Uh, the professor Joseph will be with us later on. He can't get on until around eight thirty, so you'll see him pop in then soon. And uh, today we're. We're joined by a very special guest, um, somebody that I've been a fan of for several years, and um, I, I, I love everything he's about. You, you may know him from the band's cleric, John from Simulacrum Infinian, which is actually a project that I didn't know about until this week, and I'm so so glad that I came that Matt brought it to my attention. Um, but yes, we're here with Matt Hollenberg. What's going on, Matt? What's up? Good to be here. Glad to hang Thank with you. Thank you so guys. much, dude. Yeah, and it is a, a real pleasure. Like I said, dude, I've 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 uh, been you've been on my radar for several years now, and uh, you and I had a quick back and forth during the pandemic. We'll probably uh, talk about that more because there's some subjects that we were talking about that will come up in your timeline. And um, but yeah, dude, thank you so much. Being on the East Coast, you know, asking people to come on at ten o'clock at night, it's like. Ah, uh, you know, it feel you feel kind of shit, but at the same time, dude, I need to have that Matt Hollenberg episode. Oh yeah, no problem. Well, that's right in line with my circadian rhythm, so there's no perfect, yeah, at all. It's the middle that's, of the afternoon for me, so that's that's yeah. another thing too. Is like with, with gigging musicians, like this is this is nothing at this time. Oh yeah, know? it's fine. Lo- loading out at two a.m. minimum, you know, you're you're, right. you're used to it, dude. Right, red eye flights. Uh, eight by 10 cabs up three floors of uh, stairs. Oh man. (laughs) Well, cool, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. I've said it probably 17 times already in this intro, but um, uh, before we move on, plug away, dude, you got any places you want people to go to check your, you know, get your information or, you know, merch for bands that you want plugged. Uh, Well, you check out the, uh, the cleric band camp, um, the, uh, the Infinian Bandcamp and the, uh, the John from Bandcamp. That's all the most recent stuff. I did a uh, trio record. Um, I've, I've gotten a little more into instrumental music the last few years, so I made a couple instrumental records that are um, like really improvisation based. Is a kind of blending of the worlds of extreme metal and modern improv. Uh, the one project's called Shardik, and uh, so there's a Facebook page for that. Mm-hmm. Um, find that on Sadiq Records. It's on Amazon. Um, it's also streaming on Boomcat, which is kind of a random site, but it does right. stream there. Uh, and then there's this new band uh, that I just, it was actually the first record I mixed and produced myself, uh, recorded the whole thing in a, my friend's basement with like Banjo headphone mixers and just really raw mm-hmm. process. Um, took my year of banging my head against the wall to, to get it sorted out, but it's called Saratma. Uh, the record's called uh, Escape Velocity, and that's coming out on Nefarious Industries in August on a vinyl. Um, Killer. So that's that's something I'm proud of because it, I didn't. I just I, I take the DIY thing 
like extremely seriously. I, I feel like the less people um, in a group that's trying to do something together, the, the better in a way. And, and so right. I try to do a lot of parts of the process myself. Um, I was really inspired by Secret Chiefs 3. Um, not just the music, but just the fact that Trey did all of that on Digital Performer with a laptop uh, and just like one of the best, you know, Book of Horizons is one of my favorite records ever. And, right. Uh, the fact that he did that on a Digital Performer in the space yeah it is insane and so I, it, to me like the diy thing is about force of will so you know i that's my main thing and wherever that takes me it takes me to work around with lots of different people um the other thing that i take really seriously is i don't really uh like the remote approach that a lot of bands are taking right now where no one has to be in the room together no one has to talk about anything it's almost like tender for bands you know it's mm -hmm, just like mm -hmm. It's just like there's totally dissociated. <laughs> I, I've tried to do that during the quarantine and it went fucking nowhere. Like, yeah. nowhere. and and um, so all these modern things of like quantize everything, um, compress the bass drum in the same way, everyone plays the same rhythm, there's no improv, uh, the, the tempo doesn't move regardless of what part is happening. I, I'm like way not feeling any of that. Like, that's right. right just completely opposed to what I'm doing. I, I want to, I want it. I want the records I'm making to feel live. Mm -hmm. Like, so maybe even a little rough, like mm -hmm. I might not even edit the guitar to the bass drum sometimes. Cause I want it to sound like a mistake. Um, you know, getting with Zorn and, uh, now you got me ranting. So yeah, 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 yeah. Before you, I, I, I love it all dude. And <laughs> believe me, we have plenty of time for this as long as you're ready to give it all to us, dude. We'll be sitting here listening. Yeah, I mean, it's like before you go. Before you go on, let me just do our our plugs real quick. So, yeah, sure. Um, obviously, CaliDeathPodcast.BigCartel.com. If you want to go uh, check out our merch, all we got is a T-shirt up there. But they're getting low, guys. They're getting real low. So if you don't have one yet and you want one, get on there and see if we still have your size available and. Uh, Help us out, dude. Support. And then uh, also, back again, Battleforged Coffee, guys. Got myself a new mug. Oh, nice. What up? Let's, uh, let's represent. Something. Yeah, dude. These, these, this is our... This is. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Cali Death scene, but Deeds of Flesh is a band that we've... That has been like the pioneers of our scene since 93. They started this company together. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, they're doing great, dude. And... and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that I got this mug. I'm sipping on some Battleforge coffee right now. And then after this cup's done, I'm getting into the Topo Chico's, guys. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, all right. So that's all, all we need to plug, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah. Cool, dude. It. So, all right, Matt, how we usually do it on the show, though, is um, we want everything you can possibly give us, dude. So okay. uh, it take us back to the earliest time in your life where music became something more than just background music. I say it like that every time because that's the best way to describe it. Like I know when I listened to uh, Otis Redding, something happened in me when I was young, my dad's gym and that, and, and it was, it was a click that happened. So I want, I'd like to hear your earliest click. I think it was maybe like uh, it was like six years old, uh -huh. and um, my dad's uh, close friend 
died and uh, of cancer, and we were at the funeral. Hmm. Other friends started playing this piano piece, uh, piano piece uh, by Albanese called Astorius. It's a real famous one. You probably might even recognize it, but uh, yeah. I, I never anything like it. It kind of had that Spanish Phrygian thing going on, really hypnotic. Mm -hmm. um, so my first uh, experience of like deep feeling with listening was very trance oriented, oriented and like hypnotic. And I think the hypnosis that came from that, how it sort of seemed to transcend the present moment, like sort of trans-temporal kind of thing. Like yeah. it kind of uh, just got possessed by that. And I, I, I went home and figured it out on our piano and just was like playing it like a freak, like a possessed freak. And, you know, uh, so kind of were went, you, uh, like I started out with piano. That's uh, what I was going to say. Did you, right. were you playing before, right? Were you already into piano before you heard that? No, I wasn't in an, in, into anything. Wow. I was in Transformers. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then I just think that feeling of the trance, that I'd never experienced before then, it was just like, it just tickled me in the deepest way, you know? Right. Uh, so I was maniacal about figuring that piece out um, specifically. Um, but then, you know, I went for maybe five years with classical piano and I did a couple pieces really well, um, but something about it never really clicked. And then I remember uh, honestly hearing like Stone Temple Pilots, uh, purple and like mm -hmm. oh yeah do and i was i was nine and there was no internet so it's not like like i never heard that like sludgy distorted guitar with mm -hmm. drums and i just thought it was like the greatest thing in the world and so um i remember staying home from school one day and figuring out but like I, I got it i ended up getting a guitar and i figured out about tab and i started looking online and figuring out all, all these songs i really liked deftones at the time uh Metallica, Megadeth, like normal stuff kids like. Right. Realized I could play along with the record and play along with the drummer. And once I played along with the drummer, that was kind of game over. Because I actually wanted to play drums first, but my parents were just like, absolutely not. Like, yeah, they, that's a hard one to say. They are cool parents, right? Like, they, so, so then I was like, okay, well, I'll play metal guitar. It's probably louder. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think that that was why I gravitated so much towards a band, not like guitar specifically. I think once I heard like a band lock, like a guitar and drummer together as a force, there's something about that that I just always thought was the coolest thing ever. It just was always so viscerally satisfying to me. Mm -hmm. And you know, I went through a lot, like kind of standard progression as a kid of just just the metal bands that everyone listened to at the time. And then later in, in high school, got into more progressive stuff. I didn't really get into avant-garde till like my twenties, and then I got into like world music and soundtrack stuff. And so, like, what was the stuff that was driving you as a adolescence? You know, what was the stuff that oh, got your yeah. blood throwing, blood like, flowing, blood flowing? I mean, I'm like in seventh grade. Which, yeah. I mean, so, like, what like uh, adrenaline? Yeah, I think bored or uh, root was maybe the first riff I ever played, or maybe around the fur was probably the first riff I ever played. And once I, I had a fuzz face through a horrible squire eight inch speaker, 10 watt, you know what I mean? I feel like we all went Same. through with like a yep, hard yep. guitar that wouldn't stay in tune and just playing the main riff with the, with the drummer tight once I was like, this, there's nothing better than this. Like I literally yep. stopped playing video games. I was like 
playing Final Fantasy all the time. It was just like nothing at that point. It was just guitar 24-7 for 20 years. You know what I mean? Like, right. Jeez. There's something about the drummer and like distorted guitar. There's just something about it. I, I don't know what it is, but just as a kid, there's just nothing more exciting than that when you first experience that. I, yeah. I don't know why that it's, is. It's, I, I'm sure it's just like um, the cocktail of of hormones and shit as, <laughs> yeah. as, as, a, as a young teenage boy, you know, and, and how, we don't know how to uh, blow off that steam and and that that combo of distorted guitars and aggressive drums it, it just it pulls it out of you without even you really uh you know putting in that much effort it's the music that's actually you know sucking it out of you and you're like oh dude that i feel much better after that song let's go again it's actually really what it is it's like a physical release and i don't think i un i didn't experience music like that even when i was sitting in that funeral mm -hmm. Trance and that got to me because it was almost like my first taste of psychedelic. Right, it, right. Painting like it's like oh look over there. It's like mm -hmm. oh that even exists. So it's like this eureka moment. But you're right. Yeah. Like the, uh, the thing with the drums and the guitar, it's like a physical catharsis. Mm -hmm. That at the time I was not, I was not having a good time in school. Like I was, you know, they were trying to do the 14 hour day thing for me. I was ADHD like really bad. Like. So they're medicating me. They're like, I'm very alienated. I'm like, you know, I'm just not feeling physically well. Right. So something about that, like exactly right. But it's just, you know, just hearing that one, I think it was like Superman, Super Gun. I don't even remember what the song is. It's just this really simple minor third riff, like down in C sharp on purple. And I'm just like, ah. Oh. Uh, it's almost better in like three seconds. I really can't explain that. But you know, I mean, fast forward 20 years, and I'm in playing a stupid drop D riff for Zorn, and he's going, he's he's like a little <laughs> there's something just visceral about volume, you know, and, right. and like power of volume, like it fills the middle of your body, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. catharsis, like you said, it's literally physical, uh, right? Right. So, and, and so that's happening in high school. It was, it was the Deftones and STP yeah, and all that. Right. And, then, and then like the last two years, it's like Tool and then Fear Factory until Meshuggah came around. And then that's, that's that pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> like even yes, some 90s videos and I'm just, I'm just in awe of them. Like I really, I, I don't care that they became popular or I don't like Jack. I actually don't really like periphery or you know i i don't like most of the bands that are copying them honestly because yeah i would say that you can't really call them a sugar gent because no i don't know people call them that but oh my god came out of the wake to hear destroy a race and prove i remember my friend was interning at nuclear blast because the office was in philly and and to hear that at like age 16 when like you know for whom the bell tolls and you know what i mean like your frame of reference it's it's just so fucking crazy to me like that was just shocking you know and then chaos fear was even more mm -hmm. was, i was even angrier at 19. you know what i mean so like these certain records just like are linchpins like chaos fear you know jane doe at the time people now say that's cheesy but at that time yeah. nothing that relieved tension like that for me or like through silver and blood 
you know what I mean? Like, like all these fucked up violent feelings. I mean, what was happening at age 19? It was like in the middle of the Bush administration. It was like a couple years after the, the Iraq war, things were just miserable. And I was right. so angry. And like those, you know, not like things are even that much better now, but you know, those records, like they really just relieved that shit physically. And mm -hmm. uh, I think I've always searched for that in the music I create. And, and, and that's why I never stopped you know, liking that approach of aggressive drums and just hyper distorted guitar, even if the styles get morphed and weirder and weirder. Like I, I really like that visceral core because there's something about that volume and slamming a rhythm together. It just, it doesn't, it just feels great physically. Oh, I don't have to think about it. So around that time too, that was like you said, chaos, fear, fear factor. My brother gave me three CDs at once. He gave me, um, I want to say D manufacturer, Calculating oh, yeah, Infinity yeah. and Chaos Fear. He gave me all those at once. Wow. He, was like, <laughs> he was all check this shit out because I was like still in my because you know I'd go through the the new metal corn stuff and all. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, well, I went through all that. So that was like kind of my my way out was kind of Sepultura, and then it was like oh, Pantera. Some. Yeah, and I'm like then then he's all well check this shit out. This is the next level stuff. And uh, I remember hearing Calculating Infinity and just being like, what the fuck is going? Right. Like my yeah, brain was. Oh yeah, dude. That yeah. Totally. Your brother knew, dude. He knew he had to feed it to you in, in doses. Yeah, it was like 99, 2000, something like that. There was something about those records, like the Calculating Finney, Jane Doe, yeah. Chaos Fear, totally. the Grace, Through Silver and Blood. It was like pitch perfect for the time. And until yeah. like 2006, it just it just tickled this this nerve like perfectly. It's like It's like my version of classic rock or something. You know, I'm not <laughs> even trying to copy that anymore, but like there's no better like rock anchor to me than though than that little period even though that's super like yeah. you know millennial it's it's not even gen x anymore because i mean before that it's it's the grunge thing but to me like that's like the millennial soul in those few years where like you think about how many people are copying that shit like oh yeah 15 years you know until everyone's like all right it's it's now so trendy that you, you can't even play them a sugar part every part like that everybody's saying yeah yeah right yeah. But, um but I, I I adore those records because it's why I like violent rock music. <laughs> and yeah, music. and you experienced them in real time too. Like right. it, it doesn't right. matter what it is now because we're talking about what it was to you then. And obviously, it's it's important enough to still be, you know, something that you're speaking about today. You know, right? Watch was the other one. We are the, the wrong. Oh, yeah. Come on! Oh yeah! Unbelievable! And and it's still today. It's just like that's never going to get old to me. It's, it's just yeah. shocking, you know, so I, I don't know. But, you know, it, like, okay, like by 2007, everyone has like, there's like 10,000 bands each following each one of those bands. And I'm like, this is like, this is now Jenko jeans. Like, what's, what's that now? <laughs> I wore Jenko's, dude. Yeah. So like, I, I was just like, I can't, I can't just follow this. I don't even have a tattoo. First of all, I don't have any piercings. Yeah, I'm not even like pushing a lifestyle. So I kind of got a little annoyed. <laughs> Cause I felt like the decibel thing, like, it's just all, it's, it became a little LARPy to me and it started right. me off because I didn't feel the real records were LARPy at all. I felt like they were really genuine. I uh, fucking love that you said LARPy, by the way. I've never yeah, heard you like, say I, that. I, I definitely want to use that now. LARPy. You're being a little LARPy, dude. Stop dressing up and going out into fucking fields. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the yeah. target meme is really instructive because it is that easy nowadays. It's like, okay, cool. I'll get a heavy metal too. I'll get a, you know, this PV amp. I'll find that from the PV cult group. I'll, I, I'll, I have the starter kit. 
and uh, you know I'll, I'll make sure i have all the cult bands on my vet i mean it's laid out for you so i'm just right, right. with the subculture aspect of it at all what attracted to me, me was the uh was the music and the mm -hmm. visceral intensity and, the, and the feelings actually, it gave you yeah even if it's angular and dissonant and angry i thought it was all soulful those records we just mentioned that was soulful to me that wasn't like just angry angular heady shit. that's like really soulful music to me and like imaginative and distinct and full level like so uh the larpy thing just kind of killed it because it's like everyone's doing this now it's cool there's a it, it's like everyone looks the same it shows everyone's wearing the same you know i i, I like you know that bass player mono neon yeah uh, sure yeah anyway, he's he's this great r&b like avant-garde soul person he played with prince he plays with uh thundercat he, he comes around a lot but he has this that really cool style he just wears like hyper violet neon just like bright yeah. <laughs> you know, and I kind of wanted to start going to Vitus and just being completely irreverent with the fucking LARPy subculture shit. It's like everyone's got a leather jacket and black jeans in the vest. Like, just go mm -hmm. all like neon yellow, like entirely yellow, just bright. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. I also, like the LARPy shit, I got, I got dead ended with it. And by 2008, I'm like, I want to take that shit, but like, 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 like bridge it with something else. Like, right. it's not enough on its own. And that's when I started to get into mimicry vibe. Like honestly, like that the whole mimicry thing changed my whole vibe because so real quick before you get into that, I just want yeah. to know, like during high school, did you jam who like we like to hear about high school bands and stuff too? Was there anything that was, you know, pretty cool that you were doing in high school? I mean, Cleric started when I was 17, but it was a new metal band called right. Third Rail with uh two guitars. What was it called again? Third Rail third rail oh, dude yeah. wait that's so funny because the, there's a part there was a group at my school that all the like preppy kids we would call them the third rail because they would always hang out on the third rail in the courtyard dude we, we were we were we were like reaching new realms of banal uncreativity it was amazing <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean it was like a lot of bullshit like your first band and like doing mm -hmm. shit that's embarrassing <laughs> you don't do that and you see some real people do it um yeah now i gotta mention Kyle marston at this point because i went to elementary school with him and he was a grade above me so i knew him from when i was in kindergarten from um, behold the octopus yeah okay. so so uh you know he used to do war guitar recitals love that shit dude yeah it's awesome in in, in middle school like like someone would play like Jeez. classical piano he'd come up and yeah. and like <laughs> Crimson Holdsworth shit on the work Fuck yeah. That he's guy's like still so alive, right? dude. Oh, he's so cool. Like at age 19, like we had him, like, uh, like first up the regressions record that Cleric did, that was the first time we really worked together. Um, but I'm just looking at him like he's an alien and I'm just in kind of in awe of like, cause to, as far as I can tell, he's the, out of everyone I knew personally, he was doing music the way I wanted to do it the most. Um, so I feel like he kind of showed me him and the mimicry crew together yeah. kind of at the same time, helped me figure out what I wanted to do and what I wanted to bridge together. Um, right. Just, he was setting an incredible example for everyone about how to take it into the future because I just didn't, I didn't want to just like make a band that was copying that period of music we were talking about because I felt right. like everyone was doing and I didn't really feel like there was any point in doing that. Mm -hmm. um, so I the, thought like someone that was actually going a step farther 
Um, the other thing about the mimicry group of people, Stratosphere, Sleepy Time, Idiot Flush, Secret Chiefs, is, you know, it's music centric. Like, so many bands are like, look how I look. It's crazy. Look at right. You can't even imagine how I live, bro. It's fucking crazy. And it's like, yeah, it's not doing it for me. It's like, it's like your song sucks, and I can't even get a minute and a half in. So, like, 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 set the precedent with the music. But then you got somebody. Then you, then you got the guys like Sleepy Time idiot that came out of Idiot Flesh. Oh yeah, they they have the image and the music. Right, but their image isn't like Starter Kit meme. It's like right. their image. It's like they're they like. Literally- drove around in like the mid 2000s they're like victorian corpses standing on it said visualize industrial collapse on their fucking bus like (laughs) it's like (laughs) around the south like oh my god (laughs) this is the real shit yeah like this is not larpy this is like Mm -hmm. they literally quoted the ted kaczynski fucking manifesto in the one record it's just like of the record they're, they're, please anybody who hasn't checked them out please sleepy time gorilla museum not only is every album fucking just a jam-packed fucking plethora of awesomeness but they their backstories and their fibs and flubs that they add into their backstories and stuff there's like there's like mysteries that have to do with their backstory like is this character real or not? Because you Google that name and you're like, wait, that guy actually is a mathematician. You're like, wait, oh yeah, this- yeah, all that shit is real. It's, um, it, so it's based on like that data, the data shit, basically. It is. Yeah, well, and that's kind of right. Sorry, you mean, it makes no, me no, sad. no. And I was just saying, basically, like the the image plus the the whole like actual musicianship of that band. They they make Same. some of the guys make their own instruments. Uh, um, totally. Dude, it's it's just out there. I I I love that we're talking about this band, but I wanted to say real quick. I know we're moving forward, but Infinian should have been a, the end records or Mimicry. Did you guys do anything with either one of those record labels? Uh, no. And the end isn't a thing anymore, right? I know it's not anymore. No, I, 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 but when like it came, we formed like too late. I think. We yeah. like that. I feel like we didn't really get together our shit together to like. 2015 or 16 around then but you guys had albums out before then yeah no 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 we had a the self-title is good but i I don't think it's as together as yeah you know i can't tell you why (laughs) who knows yeah all right now i'm jumping forward to do that by mainly like secret chiefs and some of the the stuff coming out on saudi records just to make like a jazzier like hyper clean guitar kind of Mm -hmm. style like ethereal more like a water underwater kind of element as opposed to cleric is like you know it's lava like try to think like elemental dude bands you know just to kind of separate them with the with the sonic stuff so i use a strat and infinian right it's like use a seven string iceman and cleric with the invader like so it's like there's no way those things are yeah (laughs) yeah and like there's people with infinian like who like infinian they're like cleric it's just like i can't I can't, it's too much. Yeah. And then people like Cleric are like, I think it's cool. And they're like, not as into it. It's like, you know, that's the game I'm playing. I'm trying to do 360. I'm the one who's in between because I love it all. That's great. That's my favorite type of music music fan. If you love it all, that's great. I I literally do. I can, I can put on a Cleric record and then follow it up with Infineon and be perfectly happy with what I just did. You know? Oh yeah. 
That but we're fun. getting we're getting too far ahead. I want I want to know this this cleric because it started as third rail. Did you guys do any demos as yeah, third rail? Yeah, but it's not. You're not yeah, but we're never. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an owner of the EP too. I'm an owner of the the first EP. That's fine, but you understand that took like a while to even get it to that point. But yeah. you know what happened with that EP is it got erased, and before we could mix it, the hard drive was on died. Oh, we never we only mixed one of those songs. Wow. Yeah. And just had it's to put it weird. out the way that it was. Eric Saga is a lot of like disasters like that, like robberies and hard drives, many vans dying, you know, yeah. collapsing. It's a lot of bullshit for like 12 years before the cool stuff happens. Wow. <laughs> dude, I mean, that's discipline. And it was how, how were you guys all sticking together throughout that? Or did uh, it was, out throughout it was the months. I mean, I don't want to get into personal stuff but no um, it's all good we don't need to do that in the robberies totally fucked us up for maybe two or three years uh, so like broke into the van stole all your shit all our shit uh sounds weren't backed up you know keyboard stolen all sound also all the sounds are stolen like you get the keyboard again you didn't save the sounds so mm. you gotta redo everything yeah, yeah, yeah. Every that, that part makes me so angry dude because it's it's the <laughs> underground dude musicians that always get fucked you know yeah for sure well we, you know we were stupid kids it was a really stupid thing we left shit in the van overnight in north philly because we were too lazy we deserved yeah. it i mean not like you know none of us deserve it but like that was a real learning moment of like you're yeah. a fucking idiot <laughs> you know what i mean like i didn't like totally lost much respect for myself at that point but no that totally screwed us up and then our practice spot like six months later um this is actually super fucked up this don't mind telling you guys this is what happened so yeah. man broken into everything stolen keyboard not stolen miraculously because mm. it was hidden between the seats and they didn't see it so True. then we go to our studio someone breaks into the studio mm. uh <laughs> it's like ah uh. that's the vibe before 2012 basically it's just like mm -hmm. Like a ton, like so many times to the point where it's almost like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, and but then it, then it, like, then we met all our heroes and they're right. like, we're putting you on. And then I'm like in New York and then I'm working with all my heroes. And it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe it's the universe testing your resolve, right? Like, right. it's like, how much do you really want this? Like, do you mm -hmm. really, mm -hmm. I'm not going to just give it to you. Like, that's the attitude you should have, dude. So I mean, really, if you think about like your 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 output and how you work as a musician, like it shows that even those you know giant speed bumps that were happening, you still overcame it and continued and moved forward and adapted. You know, right? It's that stuff is formative. I mean. It's it's a cliche, you know, almost like a boomer cliche. Bill's character, like, no, it's it's true. I mean, if you go out on tour and get fucking wrecked, and the band dies, and you still figure it out, and it's just like warrior shit for three weeks, and you lived mm -hmm. on the road, and you, you somehow you broke even and moved farther with your band, it's like, right. man, you come back, like you can deal with stress. I mean, like you're yeah. you're a harder, you know, straight up. I mean. I, I I I did romanticize this kind of lifestyle in my youth because 
I remember listening to Motorhead as a teenager and just to the lyrics about the road and stuff. I definitely like made me kind of romantic about it. I mean, it's not glamorous at all. Mm-mm. There's something romantic about that. It's not like Motley Crue. Like people think that are out of their fucking minds. Like ninety-five percent of it is done just so you could spend the five percent on stage. Yeah, basically, it's like fourteen-hour days. You know, when we do it, we don't have any help. So we're driving, we're doing with merch, we're booking the hotel room, we're playing the show, we're doing both loadouts, and it's like hardcore if you do that. Yeah, dude. Three and a half fucking weeks, like five to eight hour drives. Yep. You know, it is easily 14, 18 hour days, easily. And it's just for that time on stage because we get get such a high from the the performance side of it that it's like all this – it has to be worth it because I need to get onto that next stage. Right. And then it gets into like, why do you need to do this so bad? And right. that's like a right. weird question because it is not, most people would be like, what is wrong with you? And I understand that, but I, I don't, I can't really answer that. What that is yeah. And, and that is somewhere where you'd have to dig into yourself much deeper, 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 deeper <laughs> to uh, really figure that out. Because I don't think, I think that most of us can't really answer that question other than, no. Um, there's a feeling that happens that we can't really um, translate into English, and that's why it doesn't come up in con- or you can't really say it in conversation. You know, right? It's a physical experience of catharsis, and like you, if you feel understood, it, that's a deep feeling of catharsis. Oh yes, so, definitely, dude. The connection, right? The connect, the connection with your audience too. That's another thing where you're 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 not just up there for yourself. You're starting to feel the other people in the room get on the same page and yeah, it, it, it's this whole wild ride. It's a drug that nobody can sell you on the streets. Yeah. And I don't even like calling it a drug. Cause I feel like that's reducing it down to what, like more like upper class people, bougie people think right. about. Let me get it, a eight, let me get an eight ball of uh stage juice, please. Right. Right. And it, you know, it is more pure than a drug because there's, it's a natural high and it's, you know, there's no moral component to it. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I was practicing at my parents' house and I was like, I wasn't even playing loud, but I just had like a, like a full-on gain sound. And like my mom's friend came in and she was like listening to me playing. She's like, oh, it's so loud. Oh my God. <laughs> like she was like offended at the sound. She was like, that's amazing. Like, cause that's like, yeah. He's like, I can't imagine like a more offensive sound than like a loud electric guitar. It's oh, like yeah. a, right. I can't imagine a more obnoxious sound. And I guess that to me, I like leaning into that, you know, because one of my favorite comedians is George Carlin. Oh, oh yeah. Really love his uh, delivery and how he just doesn't hold back. And I want to be the same way sonically. Um, I also Perfect. try to be that way with like my phrases. Like I don't just like, just do anything, man. It doesn't matter. Like, no, 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 no. I cut like 98% of the shit because. I, I mean, I'm more influenced with my spine from comedians who are like, I don't go on stage unless 100 to 10 percent I can like stand behind what what I'm doing. And like, right. so I, like that's my goal for myself is like, I'm not going to play a phrase that I don't feel that way about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's yeah, killer, but, dude. yeah, I was going to say I was just going to because, you know, the thing about cleric with me and, and your your attention to um feelings and you know sonic um um I, I can't figure out the word that i'm trying to say right now but i'm I'm saying like the atmosphere of cleric is just as important 
as the technicality, the, you know, the precision, the creativity, like the soundscapes and the moods that happen in clerics music totally makes sense with being able to talk to you for 36 minutes already. And it all seems to already tie back to this, this funeral dude that we're talking about. Like this, it became, it, it changed. It made you have a mood and a feeling that you were having. And that's what you pursued. It wasn't the music necessarily. It was the mood and the feeling that you were following. I'm glad to hear you say that because that's definitely true. I mean, I'm following this trance feeling that mm -hmm. somehow, like, I want time to stop so that thought can stop and that you can actually just, like, it's like open senses, you know? Like, mm -hmm. so much about our society and our reality is, like, disassociative. It's, like, trying to push you to be dissociative. And I'm, like, trying to, like, anti that for myself. Right. I'm not even arrogant to be, like, oh, I'm definitely doing it for all of you. Like, listen. <laughs> This bit crusher feels so good, doesn't it? No, like I get it. it's like subjective, but like for me personally, that's what I'm looking for is that physical, like trance, transcendental is like the bigger thing, but just trance. Like I want to, I want to um, enter an atmosphere, enter a landscape, kind of leave the local environment, you know, kind of episodic, you know, almost like they're mini, they're, they're watching a TV show. Like a, to me, like a song's not done until, until it really is like evoking clear feelings mm -hmm. and clear visual things. Even if it's subjective, like you could see certain things a different way. I'm not saying, oh, you think of an ele elephant, I think of a tiger. Not even like that, just like impressions of things, you know, uh, more abstract. Uh, what we're talking about is not translated into the English language. Right, right. You're speaking, you're speaking with your music, and and I, as a listener, am am uh, you know trying my hardest and still succeeding with understanding those those atmospheres or those moods, those feelings that the words trance and hypnotic are something that happens so much when you listen to a cleric record, you know. I'm glad to hear you say that because I feel like that we don't we're we're not emotionally satisfied till it's making us feel that way. Mm -hmm. so we're just like, uh, it, I mean, I don't even. Yeah, to go back to the drug term, it's like, yeah, I mean, it is almost like taking psychedelics or something like that, where it just it's a spell, and it's just as soon as it stops, it's just time is just like still. And until it does that, I feel like there's something missing. So I just like we all work on it until it feels like that to us. Yeah. I, it still might not feel like that you're, to you're, a listener, you know. I've the seen, journey I've, is trying to get as close as you can, though. Yeah, right, right. And I guess the, the only way you can really judge something so subjective is like, well, we feel this way, but someone mm -hmm. else might hear and be like, just this is, uh, you know, I read a your retros ruined by generic riffs, and it's like, okay, well, he, they don't hear anything cool; they just hear a bunch of generic riffs. <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> kind of funny. Don't bang your head against the wall for five years, and it's just like sounds like shit, bro. There's it. absolutely zero generic aspects to clerics, by the way. <laughs> I appreciate that, but all I'm saying is it's a prism, right? It's subjective, so all you can do is make yourself feel that way, and the mm -hmm. rest, in God's hands, are you know. Black As an artist, we are we bring we are we bring that up several times. You know, it's if it's got to feel good for yourself, and then you just put it out, and then what it is is what it is. After you put it out into the world, it you can't you can't control anything from that point. No, you really can't. And 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 I think like there's this weird feeling that happens. I've done like enough records now that it's like 
it's like, how is it? It's like, even if the mix is done, oh, it's not done. It's not done. It's not done. It's so subjective. And at a certain point, it's like, you just feel it. It's like, it's done. And you just know. And I can't explain, explain that either. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's probably based on some weird subjective shit. It's you know, a language. I, I mean, I already said it, but it's just like this language that we all kind of like with me listening to you, listening to Zorn, listening to, you know, anybody who who knows what they're fucking doing in music. I, as a listener and just a vocalist on top of anything that I've ever done, I can understand the language and I pride myself on understanding the language. But it's, you know, when it comes to speaking it. Sorry, guys. I gotta I gotta break out the Google Translator, aka Casey Howard. <laughs> well, I mean, you know that goes to our language in general, right? Is like, and that's what maybe motivates me to be a maniac and, and live a life like that for three to five weeks and, you know, <laughs> on the edge, like 15, 18 hour days. It's not like Molly Crew. It's like a fucking war. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, it's yeah, hardcore. It's I love it. I'm not complaining, but it's you know I I'd have to really like get something from it to deal with all that. You know what I right. mean? to deal with all those email threads to go out and like, like anything could dislodge that, right? Like anything with the van, like you have to really want to do it. Um, so that deep urge to communicate and be understood, um, which I like, like early in the two thousands, cleric was kind of looked at as like, what do you like, what's the point of this? Cause you're not like entertaining us in a in a normal way. People mm -hmm. just get it, you know, um, in that way, because it wasn't trying to like entertain them in that way you know what i mean it, it's right. not, not playing a larpy game it's not you know at, at least i like to think that it's not you know and uh i, I don't know I, I lost my train of thought i apologize no I'm it's okay i was just gonna say it's not a, a larpy thing i love that. <laughs> yeah no i do, I, do a actually have a well. i have a question too because you were talking about you know listening to things over and over and over again until it like was right to you yeah. i know that um you know with a lot of people with ear fatigue or like you hear the same thing over and over again. Do you find like you get in some sort of a trance kind of state by hearing the same thing over and over again where you're you're knowing it's right. But like, you know, if you hear anything too much, even if it's something that you've done, it kind of like starts to you're like you start second guessing things or going like, oh, I don't know about this or how about the, like new things start popping up after you start listening to to something over and over again. Are you finding like how do you get over that ear fatigue and, and just be like, all right, now we got it after we've heard it. A million times well number one it doesn't happen in a day like i'm yeah. not sure that it has to happen in five years either right okay. but like, I, I don't think it happens in a day i think that air fatigue is very real i think it's cumulative shit. it's like okay. you, you get like just speaking like recently i've been mixing the new cleric um you know and and like i i didn't think i could even do it i was kind of having a meltdown just like jacob collier level fucking tracks like <laughs> yeah. 197 tracks there's no vocals yet i'm just, how the fuck am i even gonna do this right but like I, I like i like learned some new tricks and and like um got this got my monitors more sorted out with the frequency response and and i just like was inspired and i and i mixed the whole fucking thing in like five days to, to the where it's like I, I got it like 80 yards downfield where we're just like it's just automation at this point and like little little fixes but i pretty much did it in a week after like being worried about doing it for two years. Um, now the mixes went through like this kind of thing until that point. Um, I see it more like you're planting like a garden because okay. that's more the time scale. It's not gonna happen in a day. It's definitely not a fucking microwave. People that think that are <laughs> yeah, yeah. to our culture and aren't in touch with reality. Like it's not totally. a fucking 
microwave. It's not fuck just microwave music. Yeah, right. And and I, I mean that's why a lot of people are like, you know, this metal sounds the same. It's all the same template, right? Same production template, especially if they're giving everyone MIDI drum beats. Here, here's a here's a crust beat. Here's here's a DB beat, like like already written. You just drag it into the DAW and pick the tempo. I mean, it's like crazy, right? So so I think uh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm scattered right now with my. No, body. it's all good. I'm going to bring you back in right now. So, so, all right. Claire. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me finish. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. yeah you got it. You got it. So, so the ear fatigue thing, like the, yeah. the trick is go until you can't think of anything that day. If you can't go any, it's like you won't hear anything else the day you're mixing or recording, then you're done. But then yeah. to, tomorrow you might be like, you know what? I thought that and I was wrong. You yeah. know what I mean? And it literally is the next day sometimes. So the yeah, point is just totally. don't just don't stop, but don't don't I get I get half don't push haste. it. Make, make, yeah. make full it. haste is too much, half haste, right? Like yeah. like, like yeah. waiting and procrastinating is destructive, forcing it is destructive, rushing is destructive, but half haste, you're aware, you're reacting in the moment, you're not imposing your expectation on it. That's a huge thing. People are like, I want it done now. Because my my LARPy agenda is on the line. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually that's really just human nature. I just uh, said a version of that recently to my coworker. Like, it, it, we all the human nature is we have a vision, we have an idea, we want we we know what it want it we want it to be, but the journey to get there is what most people don't want it deal with they just want it to pop up like a genie came out of a bottle you know yeah and then this this goes into this mythology of like geniuses just they just wake up and it just exists they don't even do anything they don't have to act they have no philosophy it's just innate geniuses and it's like no it's not innate like they deal with problems i mean knowing these geniuses personally they're struggling i mean i was gonna say they're probably burdened with all that yeah to me about this was if you want this type of freedom it's a 24 7 war war is the key word there war that doesn't mean like shoot people that means like out strategize systems constantly you know what i mean like this system's coming for you go around it like duck you know what i mean what does that mean like understand what that means like to me that's like yeah it's like don't um that's a really important thing basically and I, the war these systems that are trying to enslave you which goes back to carl and it's exactly what he said mm -hmm. like he's known as like a musical he's kind of in the similar spirit he's a renegade he's it's defiant like everything's defiant he's not going to fit into anything he pisses everyone off in a way you know like yeah. i don't necessarily do that but like i know cleric isn't going to be accepted in the tech death scene in the death metal scene in the black metal scene in the metalcore scene in the fucking warp tour metal scene, whatever the fuck that is, polyphia scene, gent scene. No, there it's we're freaks to all of them. So yeah. like like lean into that, right? Like and then mm -hmm. and then if I go play avant-garde gig and open for these like you know like six-year-old jazz musicians, they're still like holy shit, that's awesome. But they but they but it's way like not fitting in either. So yeah. like that's like the goal kind of like like what I was saying before is like you know when these when this relapse style was kind of wrapping up and everyone's like jumping on the bandwagon, it got really lame. And it's like, what's the next step? Because this is, approach is awesome, but I don't like this subgenre. I don't like this lifestyle approach. Like, like, like get these tattoos, like 
like look like this, like wear this costume. I, I really don't like that. I, I, it pisses me off. It's not music. It's easy for anyone to do that. So it really muddies the waters. And that's like right now, right? Like there's too much music. It's constipating. You know, LARPing is, you like, you probably like that I'm saying that because it, how many people does that apply to? I don't think that's a I, I, Now that you brought it to my attention, dude, I put it into so many different, like, I could, I could point at so many different things that I've just noticed in the zeitgeist and be like, everybody's LARPing right now, dude. Kind of. That's what I'm saying. And that's the thing too. Like, what's the real shit? Like, what's like the actual act, not the like fake version of the act. And to go back to mimicry, I was very depressed and lost after being like, I'm not going to just be a hardcore dude in Philly that, that copies converge and neurosis and botch. I mean, there's like thousands of them. I'm now faceless. Like, and it doesn't even matter who I am now. Right. So like, mm -hmm. how do I retain my soul? And use these influences that mean a lot to me, and not be a fucking parody of a of like a like a like a poser, basically, you know, like, and and like to be the mimicry crowd was like that's that's like not hiding at all. I right. mean, that was so beyond even like what I liked at age nineteen. I mean, especially because of the DIY message, like Rathbun, Dan Rathbun from Sleepy Time producing everything, all the idiot flesh shit, and Trey producing everything on a fucking laptop on digital performer, like blowing Pink Floyd out of the water. It's it's just so inspiring in like 2005 to realize that was even possible. It was like Eureka, like my head exploded, you know? And then it's mm -hmm. like, and of course that's genre busting. So now it's like, fuck hardcore, dude. Fuck, fuck neurosis. Like everyone else is doing that. I'm gonna do genre busting. And so yeah. that became, it became this bridge of like, all right, it started here and now I'm looking over there and now the, now I'm gonna end up in the middle. And that's pretty much what happened. It's the bridge between those two things because I deeply loved the mimicry things. It basically formed who I was as a musician. And I deeply loved the relapse hardcore vibe of like, I came up playing loud rock music and VFWs, the bunch of people killing each other to, to riffs. And it's like, that's how I, that's what I thought music was. So it's like, mm -hmm. there's no improv in that style. So it's like a lot of mishmash going together, you know? And I think right. that creates a persona and identity Right. And the LARPing destroys identities. There's no identities when everyone doing the starter kit meme. There's no there's no identities, right? Like exactly. So so that been my main goal. Like, do not lose your identity in this. So I'm no tattoos, no fucking lifestyle fashion bullshit. That's not what got me into this at all. Yeah. Like, neurosis when they play feels the room feels like you're inside a fucking witch cauldron, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, it's insane. The entire audience is just like well, the entire time they play, like they physically can't even deal with it. Like, <laughs> and, and there's no tattoos necessary for that. You know what I mean? It has nothing to do with that. Like, it's, right. it's it muddies the waters. I'm not even saying don't get tattoos, but this like lifestyle centric thing sucks because it's like, no, the music's better than that by a billion, and it's it's a joke. It's literally clown shit. You know, like it's it's <laughs> meme. It's meme so of reality. It's like now it's a meme. It's not even music. It's just a meme. And like one meme, game over, right? Like I, I don't know. That's how I see it. And I I'm, and I'll say it many times during this uh, episode. If you guys have not heard Cleric, you'll understand what this man is talking about when you listen to that music, because you will not find another band that sounds like that. I, I mean, you you could dig as long as you want, dude. But I've been digging. I, I that gave me a feeling, and still gives me the feeling that's different than 
pretty much everything else that I've listened to, you know, and that's why it struck to me because I'm always, I've always been the guy who was, you know, trying to find, I mean, Bungle rewired my brain at 15, you know, so it was a life changing, changing thing. I mean, I didn't mention that because I just feel like it's obvious. Yeah, it is. But Bungle's a big, a big, uh, uh, keyword on this show because I just, I love it, dude, you know? And, oh yeah, we all love it. We, we all love it. it. Yes. And it, yeah. and rightfully so it is something that was a game changer when you came across it, you know, and, and it, you were either, um, yeah. you know, uh, shield, you were either pushed away from it or you were rewired by it. You, you couldn't Dude, do anything else. Really. I remember I went to, for like the first year of college, I went to Humboldt state in like 2001, oh, just for a year. And it was like, everyone there was just like, Oh, the Mr. Bungle guys are all from here. Oh, and they wow. just are like, just, fucking left or they were no one was there but it was just like they all went there or like bunch bunch of dudes right so i was like you're saying trey or something oh yeah they were all yeah they were all around that's like yeah the, and i mean when i met trevor and now he's like one of my better friends in new york um like he used to tell me he's like well there's nothing to do there so and this yeah. gets like something that would be relevant even if you don't like mr bungle but just to our lives right now it's like he's like well there was nothing to do there so Patton worked at this record shop he um every week he would uh rip us tapes of all the new releases and then because there was nothing to do we just go to this coffee shop i think it was like even denny's or something and they just fucking talk for like eight hours just bullshitting because there was nothing to do there wasn't even video yeah. game really you know yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's why they were such a good band and again yeah. this goes back to what i was saying the remote stuff like doesn't work because you're not talking or interacting in any of this deep level like mm -hmm. That wouldn't have even happened if they didn't. If they weren't bored, they wouldn't have even met up. So think about if they had smartphones or you know, war, war, you know, I mean, Clash of the Titans or whatever the fuck people play on their phone, right? Like Candy Crush. Like they wouldn't even they wouldn't even be bored. So you kind of need to be bored for bands to even happen. And I, and that's the thing that freaks me out about right right around now is like I don't see anybody getting bored. Everything's surface distraction ad infinitum. Meanwhile, time's just flying, and like, yeah. what's, what's even happening? And so, <laughs> I have, when I hear when that I hear them true. talk about how they formed, and I'm just like, I don't even see that happening now. Because why would a kid even do that when they have like all the video games they want right there, all the movies they want right there? They're not meeting up at a coffee shop for eight hours and bullshitting. That's not a thing that would happen now. Uh, yeah. Well, <clears throat> to add something to that too, man, I. Uh, I I, I kind of got out of I used to teach music lessons I had a business and stuff and I kind of got out of that after COVID and doing a different career now but I've really kind of had this a lot of thought of all that with all these you know the school of rock and all that kind of that, that oh you did school oh god no no I didn't I never worked at school of rock but but okay. I've had I have I have a couple student bands I still teach and stuff that are great but I kind of got to a point where I was like you know a lot of these bands like they're not self sufficient they're not even meeting up on their own they need the teacher there they need you to set up their drums all this I'm like wow. this is the wrong this is not how it was for us growing up. You know, it's like, you got to get in. You have it's to more of like the, like, yeah. the parents vision. Maybe the, the yeah. parents were like, yeah, you guys should go do this. Play date version of fucking. It's like, go do martial arts. Go, yeah. go play music. Go be in a band. Um, and uh, yeah, no, yeah. I can see that for sure. Actually, one thing that came to my mind when you were exp explaining um, like the genre and getting above the, the LARPing and finding the anti-LARP thing. I was like, this, guy, <laughs> this reminds me of like, he's explaining music, but like in a DMT trip. <laughs> like, like, well, like once you find like that that layer that's like no one's been to that layer and you're in that layer you're like oh shit this is the this is the spot this is where i want to be you know 
well, yeah, Mimicry and Terrence McKenna happened at the same time. So I was yeah. binging Terrence McKenna, like, just for fucking 24 months, like, more than music. That's it. Like, just, yeah. you know, and, and, and yeah, and, uh, you know, definitely did DMT a, a few times. I, I'm more of a mushroom guy. The, yeah. the near death experience thing is, is too much for me. No, no, five dried grams in the dark. No, 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 no that's what I'm into for sure. There you go. But the DMT is it genuinely scares me. But I, I, I love listening to about it. And uh, yeah, I've never done it. I have a lot of friends have done ayahuasca a bunch, and uh, just it's just there's no. It's the craziest shit you've ever heard, and uh, yeah, it freaks me out at the existential core level. Um, I, I'm sure there's not a reason to be that scared, but I, I, uh, I almost don't want to know in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, so it is it does it does unlock a level that you don't know exists and it's like uh and the, the the first time i took it was kind of like it was it was something as dumb as hey instead of let's let's going out and hanging out with people and drinking let's uh, for my birthday someone gave me like a bunch of dmt and i was like let's just do this instead like as a recreation <laughs> let's recreationally do it like and, and they told us like how to do it they're like okay the beings are going to come talk to you and you have to be in a dark room and you have to listen to this kind of music and blah 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 they're, like they set up the whole landscape for us you know to do it and um it was just first it was just like i always explain as a psychedelic just diarrhea just like so insane it was like all this stuff coming at me at once it was just hyper intense and i kind of understood what it was about did it again and then like kind of like kind of honed it in a little bit and like was basically just traveling the like other worlds and stuff but and then um the last time i did it it was like the, this like being came down and was like hey don't do this anymore <laughs> he's oh, like no. yeah. he's yeah, like so you're doing it for the wrong reasons and i'm like i know i know i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> like it was, it was I pretty hectic. i believe you and I, I guess the question is like is that a real are those real entities or are those subconscious? Well, everyone describes them. I and mean, so it's literally they were saying, um, you know, yeah, I but got we're it all humans, time. though, too. So, like, it could yeah. come from a similar place in our brains, you know, like, the, yeah. I mean, I never saw a, a bouncing basketball machine elf like Terrence McKenna talks about, you know, <laughs> but I did fucking experience like a lot of eyes, eye mm -hmm. shit. A lot of like, like Alex Gray style I, I, like, painting stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. But I had I had experienced Alex Gray before that. I had seen his paintings before that, so it could have been, you know, manipulated by something that a piece of information that already went into my brain, you yeah, know? like a dream or something. Yeah, totally. But either way, like like this purple woman thing, that's something that's kind of a trip thing because I did encounter the purple woman. Wow. And I, I, she was very, uh, uh, important part purple. of my trip. <laughs> yeah. Very purple. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I Googled that and other people have the purple woman thing, dude. So it, it's just something that you could either call it, you know, out outer worldly, or you could say, Hey, we're all the you know of the same biology our brains all kind of work similar yet different but they're still like the basic core of things that make up the human brain you know so whatever bank or file cabinet you pulled this out of in the brain it somebody else can still have there's that a copy some there's a copy in another brain file cabinet you know it's yeah, like yeah. everything's built in ikea but how many people really use the things properly 
I don't know. Ikea at the last end was trying to get some laughs, but I didn't get anything. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with that, how you put that, though, for sure. I mean, um, I just think there's like, it's trying to impart information to you that you would never imagine. And maybe it's because there's parts of your brain that are connected now, but it also seems like with mushrooms specifically that it's like a, it's biological, mm -hmm. like, like intermingling. Like it's, it's, I mean, the last time I did it, it was like photosynthesis is the sun tickling coral reef. Check it out. And it's like, here, don't, don't you feel the coral reef right now? Here, I'm going to tickle you. Isn't that funny? And I started cracking <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Oh, like is what's crazy is I gave this alien the same exact thought, thought stream. And he's like 13 billion light years away. Isn't that crazy? And I started like, <laughs> I'm just like, you would never think of that. Like, period. That would never come into my head. Mm -mm. Uh, and you feel like this at ease existentially. Um, this is a really volatile time. And anxiety is off the scales. Depression. Right. Some meaning is gone. Everything looks bleak. I mean, mushrooms can really, uh, it's kind of the antidote. Terrence's. Uh, archaic revival sounds like something that should should be something that should happen it happen right now yeah i mean i i think that to call it drug is a propaganda i know and yeah when yeah, i was saying yeah. the word drug you know for government's language that's it's bullshit it's not true right. no we're talking about plants we're talking about chemicals and you we're, we're also talking about things it's that like preservatives are drugs you know, it's like yeah, like things we put right, in right, right. Drugs. exactly, yeah. exactly. Sugar's yeah. a drug, and yeah, um, yeah. and but we're talking about some some things that we found that are natural that interact with the human biology differently than everything else that we're talking about. Same thing with cannabis. Why do we have cannabinoid receptors in our brain? Like, why why do we have a specific part of our brain that can accept cannabis or cannabinoids, marijuana? To you people who that's actually more governmental fucking bullshit right there. Marijuana is a, uh, isn't it like a Mexican tobacco? It's not even a real name. Yeah, no, it, it's all, I mean that, that marijuana is definitely like, that was a racist to start that for sure. That, right. Uh, so that's why I use the word cannabis as much as I can. Totally. And that's what it really is. And, um, but yeah, all but these to go back to cleric and just why how this relates to music is like to get away from the local volatile cultural propagandized environment fake environment disassociated environment that's showing me like a more uh tangible version of reality that's more related to you know how i naturally feel um mm -hmm. so so I'm, I'm trying to bring that sort of sincerity through the music even totally. if it's a metal band a modern metal band that's like biting off of some some math course stuff, you know what I mean? Which is very hyper niche, hyper style in a way, you know, it, I did pick a style in a way, but I'm really trying to make the whole package more like psychedelic like that, you know, like, uh, or, or, or like, you know, when one of George Carlin's perfect rants where it's just a feeling about like, this is just true. It's, it's just like, yeah. this, it's this transcendental feeling. Like e even if I fail at that, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to that with like, it gets close to stream of consciousness thinking, Right. And and you can catch yeah. that. You could jump. You could dive right into that stream as it's going by. Have you uh, seen this? New, oh, sorry. Have you seen this new documentary on, on yeah. HBO? Incredible! It was so inspiring. Oh, and so his, good. This is how he kept changing, changed himself like five times. Yeah, and I exactly. Agree totally with aware about the end of his 
life. I, my favorite stuff you said were, was the very end. And mm -hmm. I, and I oh yeah, yeah. Kobe was like, you know, it's very dark. It's like pretty. It's, it's asking a lot from your audience. It's like, dude, me, I to, to, to what he said and what someone else said in that movie is like he's saying that so that the people that agree with him know that they're not crazy. And it's like, yeah, exactly. And that's what he does for me. It's like, it, like when he says something and I'm like, that's just so inarguable. And it, like that, that he knows that and that I feel that way makes me feel better. Right. Yeah. Uh, so oh, yeah. to me, and I, I don't take that last period as dark, just being mm -hmm. like, you know, the American dream, you have to be asleep to believe it. You have owners, they own you, you know, and all that stuff is like, that's dark because it's true. It's not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Like it's it's empowering that he said it. It's liberating, and I, I want to. Yeah. That's the other thing I want to give people liberation. Like, there's no box. We're making the box. We're deciding mm -hmm. our thing. There's no box. So, like, that's that's the other thing is like, hopefully, you know, someone hears cleric or anything I'm doing, and they're like, whoa, okay, like, why are we making all these rules? Because we can do way more than we're doing, and it's much more exciting. Because that's what mimicry bands did for me. It was like yeah. you're shit. It literally like him book him and book of horizons and of natural history and buck fever, all that stuff is like, oh man, you can do anything. It's insane. They like open the door for everyone. For me. It was so invigorating and exciting. I can't even explain the way that made me feel. Uh, I would be fully uh, satisfied if somebody said mimicry uh, adjacent and that's all you can listen to for the rest of your life. And I'm like, I'm out. I mean, that Ooh. is all. <laughs> years because because it was so beyond everything else and, and just the approach it just was off it was just such a rich experience like artistically you know visually musically like i mean i mean I, I, this is so funny you guys will appreciate this i remember Ten Thousand days tour i was still kind of into tool and uh because this was 2006 so you can't even blame me really like i mean uh <laughs> but but like me and my friend took all this acid and we went and saw tool at the tower theater and we were in like the back row row and it was $80. Okay. Mm. And it felt like a fucking football game. We were tripping around all these jocks. It's like, we're miserable. Okay. They played for 55 minutes, 55 minutes. And we're just like, it, it, it did nothing psychedelic. Like we were mm. just, Oh, get me the fuck out of here. So <laughs> we went like home to my uh, place and, and we like, brought up the i don't know if anyone hasn't seen this this is, this is one of my favorite things i've ever seen the secret chiefs there's this bootleg uh of them playing toronto in the book m tour in uh 2000 okay uh, and if you search youtube i think it'll come up but we just watched that whole show like while we were like peaking and um uh, it was it was like thousands of times yeah psychedelic with the bootleg camera sound and <laughs> blurry visuals just because of their music right right this is like tools not even psychedelic i know but, what you yeah sorry um no Ten Thousand days uh, no, era was no. what when most people were like all right maybe it's different now yeah i don't, I don't like Ten Thousand days it sounds like nickelback production like I, I it really was don't. i mean it was on my local alternative radio station you yeah. know that, the, it. that it's our black album it's like well, maybe yeah do that man like you're already doing pretty well and i don't need a pop tool song that whatever it's, a, it's i love fun. the artwork yeah <laughs> it's cool but it's just it's just almost like it was like oh well that's that's like that's middle school and like secret chiefs is like graduate school because that's actually feels like genuinely psychedelic 
and taking me all around the universe and tools just in tool on tool planet and they can't even make a rocket and it's just you know what i mean like right it's just stuck in itself is what i'm saying where secret chiefs is just 360 is there's no limit it's just like there's some loose rules but it's insane the, the range of that style and it even and sleepy time too it's just like they're not they don't sound redundant ever you know what ever. i mean like, ever so there, is, there is a feeling there is a feeling that i've gotten from cleric i've gotten from secret chiefs live these are all in live settings and yeah. and sleepy time too where it, it i mean it goes back to that feeling like getting into me as i'm watching in sleepy time dude the last time i saw him was with the stratosphere at great american music hall oh, um it was a two plus hour um set it was two sets split up by a a, a play there was a play wow. in between and it was all based on they had the last human on earth that was like wow, that's amazing <laughs> and, and there's this thing that that was sitting in the middle of the stage and it was wrapped in paper the whole time and and you know halfway into the set is when they finally reveal that there was this last human inside this this uh contraption just hanging upside down and i'm like oh dude that dude was definitely not hanging upside down that whole fucking time dude <laughs> his fucking head would be purple by now <laughs> like the like the purple woman from my dmt trip um but yeah dude so they finally reveal that they have this last human on earth and then they broke into like a 20 or 30 minute play about this last human situation and oh i was just God. like this is wow. this is for for what whatever it was, I don't know, twenty five dollars a ticket at fucking Great American Music Hall, this small, beautiful, lovely place. I'll never ever say anything bad about Great American Music oh, Hall. That. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, it was it was and and to have a Stratosphere opening up for it, dude. It was just uh, what year was that? Yeah, it well, a Stratosphere was still going, so it had to have been like two thousand six, maybe. Oh. Uh, because it was it was sleepy times last uh tour as well oh wow that's that's incredible that's yeah they, they right. wrapped it up after that tour oh man i'm just in awe of that whole that whole crew just i mean the other thing too i don't know if you know about the immersion composition song game you know about that mm -mm. Uh, refresh my memory if i can't think of it right now Cannabis. he's the sleepy time percussionist now they all write different songs it's kind of like an entourage of songwriters uh -huh. um, the instrumentalist but he came up with this game with this other dude um I forget his name it's terrible but uh they wrote a book about it and it's basically like i did it a bunch of times it's like a game where you try to write uh 20 songs in 12 hours hmm. you're not allowed to spend an hour and a half an hour and a half tops on each song so what it wow. forces you to do is just like move through your style and go all over the place without questioning you because you don't even have time to question anything or analyze anything Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, every time I did it, I only got like six songs in, but I ended up like using some of these songs and uh, it, that whole idea of just like, no, just sit there for 12 hours, don't do anything else, write and just keep writing and don't even take a break. And it's like eight hours in, you know, you, you, you kind of like hit the center of your style because there's no way to like curate or like be self-conscious anymore. You kind of right. break through that and it's not, your your style just is. You know, uh, it, yeah, it really and you're, 
it sounds like you're trying to check catch like flow state as much as you can and the you know i use the term stream of consciousness that's that's the same exact way of but actually like documenting your stream of consciousness over a, a long period of time through music totally and like that just goes into my philosophy in general it's like especially uh the last few years is like now i'm way more doing way more improv than i ever did in new york um and I realized that like the stuff I like the most that I come up with comes from improv uh, mm-hmm. because it's subconscious based. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of believe that the subconscious is like way more intelligent. Yeah. The, like, the conscious mind can arrange songs, but in terms of like coming up with elements, I can't reach that sort of alien level with my conscious mind, like sitting here, like just write it now, be a genius now. It's just not how it works. It's like, mm-hmm. I, it's like, or be cle- or as clever as possible. Cause, cause it's so ego. Like the conscious mind wants to control everything. It's like, my ego is the best, you know, like I, I, I come up with the best shit. So here it goes. And it's like, yeah, that's not even going to work. You know? So like, to me, I'm really into like going on these deep dives with the subconscious. And it's like, you know, sometimes play 40 minutes. It's like one little needle in a haystack in there. And it's like, but that thing stands out. Right. Like it's like a golden thing. Like, this pile of shit and it's like yeah i cut everything else away it doesn't mean i'm a bad guitarist it means or bad composer it means i'm searching for shit and it's a high threshold and yeah most shit gets thrown away now i think conscious mind was trying to do it i can't write anything i suck just forget it i can't even do it i mean that would happen in like five seconds it was like there's no stakes if it's subconscious because i really big issue is like i think musicians get caught up in like What's my identity? I wrote this. I wrote this. It's my identity. And then someone says some shit about it. Uh, it's the worst thing I ever heard. Oh, now you're now you're fucked, aren't you? Psychically, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm really in stoicism, like cynicism, like just like, 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 like you can't control things. So just focus on what you can't control. Be emotionally like, just it's not irrelevant what you feel, you know. And 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 to me, that leads me to like the subconscious terrain because the conscious mind's a little boy. It's just not able to control anything. So pathetic it's pathetic in this realm like so the subconscious is my is my link to the wizard self you know it's like really can mold things in a meaningful way the conscious mind's like it's like i'm blindfolded in the dark you know it's like i can't see in the dark basically and, and i feel like people are, are switching those around because they think if they are thinking of it consciously that must be the best thing they can think of but like no the subconscious knows more in my opinion and right. i agree dude yeah. Some cool, some really cool stuff. I mean, I, I, I'm gonna just come up with an example from like freestyle hip hop. Like some of these guys who are really into off the top of the dome shit, they can really come up with some beautiful poetry with with zero preparation. And and you know when dudes are really getting to that that flow state. I've already said that, but. You know, like there's something about like us being an antenna of sorts where we're, you know, tapping into the muse and, and, uh, you know, catching frequencies and radio waves and being able to grasp them and, and, um, archive them, document them in the present moment and, and have something to work with after that point. And, and I try as much as I can to 
keep a clear mind so I can have that satellite ready to catch whatever I can. But, you know, the everyday struggle of being dad, being alignment technician, you know, homeowner, all this shit like is constantly fighting that. And that's like the war that we're talking about earlier, the oh. fight against the resistance of getting to the ideas that, but once you get those ideas, it, it's, it's a feeling again, uh, not being able to translate it into English. Like what, what it's not an accomplishment necessarily, but it's just a gratification of being like, Oh yeah, I, I fucking got it, dude. Or I got one, you know? And, and now what do I do with it? And hopefully it's something great. Right. And then that goes into like, I mean, in this last two and a half years specifically, it really became clear that that music is just like raw therapy. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like needed to do our records. It wasn't like, you should do it. It's like, no, we're gonna lose our fucking minds in this hellscape. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah, we are privileged. Like we're in the best country or whatever. We got a lot of shit, but you know, things are falling apart. It feels like the world's on fire around you. Right. There's a lot of things that are really bad and, mm -hmm. uh, if you're empathetic at all, if you have the ability to think like globally or think on the collective level or just have empathy for other people, it's it's a terrifying, traumatic time, and there's just trauma every day. And mm -hmm. and like it really became like you need to do these records because this is the only thing you can control. Your lives are out of control, you know. And it's right. like like we needed it physically, you know, just to feel better. So, I mean, the the records I've made since covid it's it's like I, I don't i don't care how popular they are you know i don't care who understands them it's like i needed to do it i mean yeah like the beginning of the the quarantine like the first three months first of all i more booked that year than i ever had you know I, it was going to go better than i ever had everything i canceled i'm not complaining that's what happened to everyone but like initially i was just kind of in a haze for a few weeks right kind of did what everyone was doing which is just like 24 7 media heroin you know what i mean like like play no man's sky for fucking 12 hours a day like a lunatic mm -hmm. you know like watch youtube like binge on youtube during like watch the apocalypse in real time like just just not healthy behavior not you know people were doing that and we're just like whatever i worked for like bust my ass the last 15 years i don't give a shit i'm just smoking weed and i'm playing video games all day fuck everything i did not like that it, it's crazy that like when i was working that was like amazing but as soon as quarantine happened that made me peak claustrophobic so i just stopped all the video games i didn't watch shows and i just started fucking recording it's not like oh i got to achieve i got to here's now there's a line mm -hmm. a little bit like any musician that should you guys should all take advantage of this time really achieves real capitalist bullshit, right like that's not really my vibe it was just like i'm gonna lose my fucking mind if i don't make some records right now right right the video games are making me crazy. It's not making me feel better at all. I'm like, like it's 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 having the opposite effect. I'm I'm getting like really claustrophobic and depressed. And so I so I don't know. Once once it was like I'm on a track with a new cleric album. I'm on a track with this new cleric Zorn album. I'm I'm mixing this Saratma record. I'm I'm finishing up Infinian. It's like okay, I'm moving somewhere. It was a different feeling than like the quarantine created, which is like, 
the world's collapsing and you guys are gonna sit here and here's here's the Coliseum. Isn't it grand? Isn't it grand? Like I just fuck with my head. Like yeah. it didn't work. It was just like a breaking point. Uh, you know, and I, I just just to say that like this stuff meant one thing at one point, but in the quarantine, it took a little bit of a deeper meaning for me where I got I used it to get over depression and like literally loud volume is like physically a physical relief. Like I was more aware of that than ever. <laughs> and I think that also you should be, you know, fucking grateful in the sense that you found solace in something like that because, you know, so many other people didn't have something like that during that time, dude. And I've always been saying this since, because we started this thing in the pandemic and I've said it many a times, like, this is going to force people like Matt Hollenberg into a, a, a space where they're even more vulnerable or not vulnerable, but just, you know, just in a, in a different zone that they've ever been. And I was, you know, trying to be always positive and say that the art that comes out of this situation is going to be something that is, is uh precedented, you know, it's, I think that like, so many people are going to be showing their emotions through their art and music that they hadn't really been like, everybody was shook and straight as an artist. Like if you're going to express like the, these, you're feeling such high emotions. Now, if you're going to do it, this is going to really beat you, you know? Yeah. Cause it's that feeling of like, you really get what it's for. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know because there wasn't any money the last two years, and right. or right now is like people are getting fucking racked left and right. I'm not going to go on tour right now. I'll probably go on tour next year, maybe, hopefully. But it's mm -hmm. like no certainty in this situation, and like this year was going to go great for me, but then I got COVID uh, right before this Zorn gig. That was this huge jazz fest, and I use these jazz fests to stack money so that yeah. I don't have a fucking corporate wage slave job. Um, and it, but it doesn't work all the time. And it's like, that's why I'm this haircut right now. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> but like what happened this year is uh, I got COVID right before this Germany, John. And that was going to be like, like basically that into Big Ears, which is another fest in Tennessee, was going to be like half my money or, or money for like four or five months where I could just wow. buy it. So use that time, then finish cleric stuff, finish sharding stuff, finish, finish my own music. That's been the game. Um, but once that didn't happen, there was no kill shot for that money. So yeah. I, owed, I owed Zorn the money. So I didn't get paid for a few other things because I'm in the hole to him now. Higher uh, year just got off the fucking rails and just like really rough. Um, and I just wasn't like it was. It was imagine how fuck up that feels, right? Like you're looking at the year ahead of time. You're like, wow, I'm just gonna sail down the mountain. I don't even need to worry about anything. <laughs> it's like, yeah. First thing that happens, like you're not doing that gig, bro. That's you it. hit, you hit a tree, like as soon as you yeah. hit. Sick, and and it's just like we well, now you gotta pay, you gotta dig yourself out of a ditch. Like there's no, like like you owe them the, that money, and that's that's what it's actually risky. Like it's even riskier to tour, but it's just risky to even take a high paying gig because it's like if someone gets COVID, that's it, you know. And there's no insurance money, so oh, dude, the the, the musician just gets fucked. Live live performance totally got fucking their oh. ass handed to the, oh shit classes <laughs> in session the professor is here dude what's up can you guys hear me on this yeah. yep yes okay hey Matt what's up I'm Joseph uh, yes. I hope they filled you in I was 
always planning on hopping in. Yeah, now we get so. a little, we said you were coming around. I don't even know what time it is right now. Oh, you're right on time. Two minutes, dude. Two minutes yeah. after. I said 8 30. Oh. Well, he yeah, was hanging. He was hanging. We just we were going on a rant, so I didn't want to just be like, boom, uh, just throw him in, you know. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Nice. Dude. But yeah. Um, not, oh, wow. Joseph. Water looks like they're enjoying it. Hey guys, I'm glad I'm not talking to no one. No, dude, we love all of this, dude. You're fucking doing great. I want to. I want to. I want to reel it back in though a little bit though. I want to go back to. Um, so clerics got regressions out. Let's let. Tell us about like what happened after that album came out, whatever kind of tours that were happening then, because I know I want, I want to build this up to, not, I'm not looking for like a long Zorn explanation, but you got to understand I'm a big Zorn fan. That's how I came across you. And um, don't worry, I don't have another story. So it makes sense. Well, no, I, I, yeah, it's, it's all good, dude. I just want, I just want to know like, so cleric, and regressions i want to know what that where you went from how how'd that catapult you a bit well um so i don't think i realized when we were making regressions that it was already kind of a bridge between mimicry world and sadic world and relapse you know po like early 2000s relapse land like i don't i i i kind of thought in my mind that it was just going to come out on black market activities or not even relapse and no one was going to give a fuck. And that was going to be it. And that's mm -hmm. what my entire perspective was. Now secret chiefs came through Philly in like 2009 or so, I think it was May, 2009. And this is when I kind of met everyone. And so I'll just give you this quick version. It, it's a little, it's a little bit of shit, but no, nah, it's all good, dude. I want to hear it all. Basically Trevor Dunn had a band at the time, mad love, mm -hmm. uh, and they came through Philly and played this venue, Kung Fu Necktie. You guys might know it, but um, sounds familiar. A lot of the metal bands play there. It's it's a dive. It's whatever. Um, but he didn't have a bass cab, so uh, the promoter knew me, uh, and so he's like, "Can you do you have a bass cab? Can can he use the Claret bass cab?" And I'm like, "Sure, I'll bring him by." And so I I drove the van over and I brought him the bass cab. And that was the first time I met Trevor face to face. And I just gave him a copy of Russia Blood, which is the third track on Regressions, or maybe the second, maybe no second. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and uh, and I just told him like, you know, all your songs in Bongo World are my favorite songs, like easily. It was like you're the best. I love you. And uh, and I just thought he was like, yeah, you're a weird fanboy. That's nice, but whatever. And this is like, it was like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, so then, like, you know, a week goes by. Maybe it was like maybe it was like twenty days or something, and this was still MySpace time, so we were still on MySpace. But then he hits us up through MySpace. And he's like, "Yo, I listened to that track. You guys are fucking crazy, <laughs> motherfucking bastards. I'm gonna send it to Zorn and see what he says." So then he sent I sent it to Zorn immediately. Sent got an email. Wild I'm Zorn. Yeah, like wild fucking playing, man. Like crazy shit. Holy crap. Like um. Wow. So, so then the following week was Trey's show. Uh, and then uh, our bassist at the time, James Lynch, gave him this, a copy. Um, and I was like, I was so in awe of Trey at that time. I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I was like full fanboy. He was basically like musical Jesus to me. How could I, you I, not, dude? Yeah, I was just like, he wasn't even like, I, he was like on, floating on a magic carpet. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, so, 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 so Lynch was the one to, to give him the song. 
now like maybe 10 days past then that um it's what's like exclaim canada uh or not, not exclaim the hard times hard times okay hit me up on myspace and this was like they didn't have any like meme game yet they were just like a generic underground uh oh, yeah and then they're like yo trey loves your band hit him up and so then i just wrote trey a myspace message like yo honestly you're a, like i honestly at this point you're my favorite musician i'm like yeah your entire thing God. is motivating us like everything the diy thing the fucking album so you're just the man and he's like okay well yeah i'll put it out and then we're like oh <laughs> that was it and then it took like four years to actually meet zorn because i was just like cool you like it and like that was it and i just didn't i didn't see him i was in philly you know what i mean so like i just was like he likes it that's cool and then so in 2013 like i think it was like february or march or something he put out a playlist that was like his playlist curated and he ended it with rush of blood from the head uh and and we were like oh wow okay he really likes it he ended the fucking playlist so we thanked him and then um at this time moonchild was was going on which was him which was his band that he he wrote for uh for Patton, modesky uh joey baron and trevor dunn so larry the drummer and cleric went to see them in in new york and uh Zorn is like a real freak with the audience. Like he hate, he's so introverted. He hates talking to people. Like it's a nightmare. So he just like literally runs out of the venue, so he doesn't have to talk to anybody. Um, so let the Larry got a hold of him. He's like, "Yo, I'm Larry. I'm from Cleric." And he stopped. And he's like, "Oh my god!" And then they talked for a while. He invited him out to our show uh, in that that fall. We went on tour for like a month, like just totally DIY the whole country. Um, and he came out to the first show. And that's when he was like, okay, that's like the best thing I've ever seen. You guys got to do a Masada song. So then we did a Masada song. And then right after that show at Town Hall, at Town Hall when we did that Masada track, he offered me to do Simulacrum with Modesky and, and Kenny. And he was yeah. just, yeah. he's like, it has to be you and Kenny. It has to be. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay. And, and, and I didn't really know him that well. So I was like, so you have an idea. And just like every musician, I'm not going to hear from you again like that's the end of that like because that's what most musicians do right like like oh let's make a band it's like that's the end of that you don't even hear we've it. all had those yeah that's never even comes it's all just cook talk yeah totally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks went by and he's like here's a fucking 20 20 page score of insanity like two 15 minute songs and just nested couplets and fucking 11 16 13 16 9 16 7 16 jesus christ like looks like alien script like stargate shit you know like uh <laughs> yeah and, and then i was just off to the races man and then we literally did like three records a year from that year to now and there were a few years where there was five i think and i think i'm at like 20 since since 2014 maybe or yeah it's 2014 i think it's 20 and yeah like, i've been waiting for us to get to this part dude because this yeah. is the group that i mean i looked I, up your discography it was like insane i was like simulacrum God. is the group that i came across matt in and it's uh kenny growowski 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 yeah from imperial triumphant Mo mm -hmm. a, a monster on on the kit like a m m monster on that kit and 
John Medeski, dude. Like, come on, Medeski, Martin Wood. If you guys don't know about that shit, get the fuck on it. Oh yeah, dude. dude I've listened Catch to that up. for so long. That's crazy. Catch up. It's cool. So and then crazy Matt connection. Hollenberg on guitar. And then there's a few records in that disc- discography that also have Trevor Dunn on bass as well. Yep. But uh that was even uh, Oh, one is a quintet. So this is funny. The second record, it was like they were going to do another record that was uh, Rebo, Kenny, and Trevor Dunn as a trio, like a noisy trio thing. And so he just combined that record and took the record he wrote for them, and that became the second simulacrum. And it was literally like 10 days after we finished the first one. So he's like, we're going to do another one in two weeks. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Months to prep. So I was just like, you just, I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's just so, it was kind of like realizing like how quickly he pulls the fucking trigger on stuff. And it's like, let's do like a quick five minute thing on Zorn real quick, just so whoever's listening to this doesn't know. Um, John Zorn is a composer based out of New York City. He was part of the downtown music scene back in how, how, when did he start doing it, Matt? Oh, um, he's been. He's been in downtown since like 72, I think. Since 72. It is, he he kind of broke out uh, in the mid 80s. He did an Ennio Morricone record that yeah. Morricone himself was like, this is genius. And that kind of broke him internationally. And then Naked City happened. Naked City he, is where that's that was my origin. Right. And then he did like six records for Naked City. Um, and he's a real renegade because he got in with like the top people in music. Mm-hmm. And they were all about him. And he pretty much told them to go fuck themselves. Incredible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, it's it's really like Zorn became one of those, he became one of those voices or you know, voices through music that it, what everything that Matt, Matt has been mentioning uh, being this standout, you know, against the grain type person, and Zorn was that. But he also, you know, was this composer that just like, you know, vomits music and it's all so good, dude. And so I started with Naked City because I I branched backwards from Bungle through a stratosphere and kept on because I love to try and dig as far as I can. You take that rabbit hole down, you'll get to like Carl Stalling and Looney Tunes and all that shit. Scott. Yeah. And, and so Zorn was just one of those guys that was, um, this guy was just like, I don't give a fuck, you know? Defiance is his thing. He's a, yes. Oh, he's a contrarian, like a motherfucker. And I love it, dude. He, he literally, literally, I want to call him in my opinion, one of the most important composers of the 20th century, dude. And forward and he doesn't he, he's not like a conservationist he's like he doesn't take things as sacred he's like what's the next thing what's the next thing don't mm-hmm. repeat anything. don't repeat anything and he's pushing everyone around him to do that and I, I i'm definitely inspired and just like trey it's not even like i'm gonna copy his music but just his whole model you know that's one thing i realized more in my 30s is like so much of what makes a musician thrive isn't just their talent but their ability to, to contextualize their talent in a model that elevates them, right? And that's like another level above, like just learn how to play. It's like, well, learn how to interact with a community. Yeah. 
on what you have going on because that's when everyone thrives, right? right. right. Um, that's tough in a, like an individualist culture that's like, you know, that stuff is weakness. There's this mythology that that's weakness, but it's like, mm. If, if the, the reason musicians are so fucked right now is because we've all acted like temporarily embarrassed billionaires and then do remote bands and like quantize everything. And it's a soulless fucking game, right? Like if we get our communities together, that's the main message I take from Zorn um, as opposed to like Trey and Dan Rathman was like, bro, you can just do this like with tools right now, just DIY grit you can make this happen. Like that's one message. Zorn's message is like, you can create a music scene with like 30 people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and just enough and you have the right perspective. It's, it's going to, everyone is going to elevate. Right. right. Um, the cross promotion is really how music works. Right. Like, uh, like people, I know people like if I didn't work with Zorn, a bunch of people wouldn't have checked out cleric because I, I got some Zorn people check out Claire because they like the Masada record. So it's this cross promotion thing. It's not cynical. It's not like, you know, it's not careerism. It's it's like you're participating in a music community. And and like in the age of YouTube, social media, atomized individuals, quantized, LARPing, right? Like it's it's such a weird word, but it shouldn't be because that's really what makes music work the best. And like remote bands, remote situations, quantizing, you know, LARPing, pushing lifestyles, all the stuff we just talked about, it's not really music in the sense of what we first talked about, which is this visceral, physical thing. It's like transcendental. Like mm -hmm. all things in the way that people are approaching it is like, it's predetermined. You're not even interacting with it, right? I mean, the best is when you interact with it in the moment, spontaneously, no wall between the senses, like a dance, right? Like that's that's really music, but like, remote recording, quantized, all that stuff. I'm, I'm going around, but just to reiterate that it's not really the same thing. And to me, when I got in New York and everyone's improvising and creating a community, it takes so much to just be here. There's not a lot of cynicism actually. Like the gate, there's some gatekeepers who have been here too long, but anyone that's here fighting to do their thing isn't that cynical because it's pretty fucking hard. And uh, you know, the, the improv thing is, is an element that's so important because otherwise you're kind of just in a cover band for yourself and you're not interacting with anybody. It's not that it's like good or you're supposed to be the best. This stupid concepts. It's like you're supposed to get together with people and elevate everyone together. It's supposed to elevate music together. It's like we, it's, it's we not, talk about that feeling. We talk about that feeling of being in the jam room and the jam space and, and the feeling of everybody being on at the same time and, and, and taking it a step further where you go into that improv realm where everybody's just jamming and doing whatever the fuck they want to do. And then everybody connects on that one point. I love that feeling, but I've never gone as far as to go in, into a room. We have nothing planned. Uh, oh, we're going to, you know, oh, so the, now I want, now I, this is where I'm taking this. I want, I want you to, to talk about this with me because one, uh, it sounds like improv was already kind of your thing before you even met Zorn. And then two, maybe a, a little bit. But I don't think I fully understood how vast it could be. That's even better, dude, because yeah. now I want to know going into that realm where Zorn is 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 
basically composing your, he's not composing your improv, but I'm saying he's putting you, he's kind of can, cause that's how Zorn does it. He kind of like controls the space somewhat as yeah. the composer, yeah. but gives yeah. you your space to exactly. find your voice in that moment with the piece that's happening, whatever is happening, that's you know, exactly. like Cobra, Cobra is a crazy thing that that'd be cool to talk about later, but yeah, having him like at the helm and being in that space. Tell me about the first time you're in the room with Medeski and Kenny together. Like, I want to know all that dude, because the, okay, so what, I just, there's a couple aspects that are pretty cool. Like, so Kenny was on the secret chief. So, so, I didn't even mention this. Cleric went on tour with Secret Chiefs in 2014, of October of 2014. The first simulacrum was December, and he asked me in June. So he gave me the score in that June, and then it got pushed back until December. It was supposed to originally be in October, and then he pushed it back to December. Um, and I was like uh, touring with Cleric and Secret Chiefs for like three weeks. We did like Canada and like half the US. Um, but uh, he, he uh, so I already knew Kenny. Cause we just been on tour. <laughs> we were just like bros. Like we, Hell we yeah. totally hit it off. Like we, we really got along. Like, um, perfect. we were just like, Oh man, we're going to be in a band with Metesky. Oh my God. That's crazy. Wow. You know, and it was kind of that vibe. Uh, but then, you know, meeting Medeski, he's just so stoic and anti, like I'm the man. Okay. I'm the man. Like not, it's like n never that, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, it's like, I'm, I'm just here. It's, it's no like he's, he's, he's uh, these recording sessions are a healing experience. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but it's just it's just like there's there's it's almost like you're taking mushrooms together. That's kind of the vibe. Yeah, like, yeah. That's Medeski up there, and I'm down here because it's funny. There's certain things, and I'm not even. It's just different generational things, right? Obviously, I grew up on the first thing I heard, like when like early on, Calgary Infinity, Botch, you know, Mashuga, like. like weird rhythm see that that's like how i hear groove i don't even there's nothing mm -hmm. so, so like some of the weird shit zorn writes which is very anti-groove and angular and jarring and disjunct with the way he puts compound measures together sometimes like like modesky would, wouldn't be natural for him but me and kenny would be like oh yeah this is like a kind of dillinger part or you know we'd have such a different frame of reference than yeah. him listen to any of that like none of this so it's kind of cool in a way because Zorn's goal plan is to be like, he wants it to be like Tony life, Tony Williams lifetime, but like, but like insane, like, like, like death metal, like extreme, you know, like, like distorted, blown out noise, you know, like, I mean, like we're talking I, the one more, one yeah. word that we haven't said is experimentation. It's, it's something that, uh, all of the improv and everything that we're talking about, it's all experimentation. And you can obviously tell that Zorn is an experimenter. And is that even a word experimenter? Yeah, totally. um, he loves to experiment and, and taking an extreme from one realm and, and blending it with an extreme from another realm to see what he's, he's an alchemist dude. And yeah. he, you know, he loves alchemy and all these other crazy things. Like he's just doing it through music instead yeah. of other things, you know, it's totally how he sees it. And, and, and when that was when I first, like what was really powerful about meeting him is he, he helped me understand. Cause he, I've never met someone that was so disinterested in like all the aspects of music that most people are like, you got to do that though. I mean, let's do that. And then we'll write the song. 
Like he's just like fuck all of that. Like fuck mm-hmm. no marketing. I mean to to a fault in a, in a way, but it's just it's it's almost like Bernie Sanders shit is just for music. He's just like no no corporate PAC money, like no money. He's like I've rejected everyone that's offered me help because they just wanted to control me. So he made enemies, but he's it's also like he created this system that sustains itself and just kind of elevates everyone involved. Right. And I tell you to be in that crew for big years was like a life-changing thing. I just feel like I'm in the mafia or something. I just feel like it's just <laughs> a wrecking crew. The 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 the, the standard is freaking insane. It's like that's awesome, dude. Like and 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 there's no way to feel like I'm the man and the rest of them. I don't know. There's no way to even feel like that. No. You know, um, because you're just humbled just to be around anybody. So I look to my right is Bill Frizzell. I look to my left is Julian Lodge. I look across is Kenny Wallison, Joey Barron. You know what I mean? Ciro Baptista, it's fucking Grokowski, Zorn's playing sax. It's like, I'm not the man. I'm like, I'm like learning from them, if anything. I'm I'm like definitely at the bottom of that. But that's I, I feel blessed because you need people to pull you from the front, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Before I met them and when I was around Philly, there were a bunch of years it was just kind of stagnant. And it's because unfortunately the the the, the ceiling in Philly is like two inches above your head. I don't feel that it's that hard yeah. to get. You come to New York, it's like, I mean, I'm not even trying to say New York's better than everywhere. It's just the standard, like, because people have to fight to be here, it's like, I'm not fucking playing. Like, it's it's for real or fuck off. And that's the yeah. vibe. And it just forces a sort of realness to happen. But it was funny, the first session with Zorn, right? Like, I didn't know any improv, so he's like, noise guitar solo. I'm like, what do you even mean? I didn't have the whammy or any, I, I like just brought like a normal jazz setup. He's like, all right, motherfucker, take these keys and fucking hit the guitar with these keys. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> amazing holy shit i'm just trying to you know what i mean like stuff like that which is like you wouldn't think about it because zorn doesn't listen to metal he doesn't care he just thinks it's he thinks like i do have a question about the video i I, I did like kind of an extensive little watching of all the videos of you and zorn and stuff jamming and stuff there there's one where he's like the conductor and I want to know, like, where he's pointing. Go, you do this, you do this. He's like, pointing at you. Pointing. At I already corner. know. Wait, when yeah, you yeah. go like, when he goes like this, that means go to the top. Yeah. So, back, so bring well, it back the to the though, So, Matt, so I have a question for you because yeah. I did notice that you were looking at sheet music too. So, oh, is yeah. what is what he is he is he actually conducting what he knows is coming, or is he throwing you a, like to tell you to do something at one time? No, he's totally doing it randomly, and there's little numbers above each motif that are literally a measure long. So, like, yeah. that's one, right? And he, so he's like, oh, get ready for two. He's like, and it's just like, like literally, literally three. And so it's like, you know, it's like, it's like just like, like anything could happen. And because of that, that vibe of like anything could happen. Yeah creates this this like tightrope eggshell kind of shit with the musicians where they're like and they're looking at him like what's happening what's happening and it's, it's like tension dude he's pulling he's pulling it tight yeah because it fucks with us like he, he, it's <laughs> art of war shit because he loves art of war like i know he's like it's just to get you in that pressure cooker state like what's gonna happen when you're when you're pushed like i remember on salem which was like what was that that was uh was nine records in or something it was from 2018 with julian lodge mm-hmm. i mean me did one rec one solo like 11 times like 11 takes yeah and i was like what the fuck <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was like one of the best solos i ever played 
at the end of it. So he was right. And he wanted to, to show me something. It was like a lesson. You know, it wasn't crazy. And pointless. That's the crazy thing. He always knows more than I know. So I, yeah. I didn't really like get improv until he took me to that like full level. I was like halfway in maybe before then, you know? Did you maybe was like, did he point like when he's doing like the putting you on the spot and putting the pressure on you? Did maybe one time you made a mistake, but then you're like, that's not a mistake. That sounded fucking cool. Something like that. Yeah. If he thinks it's a mistake, then it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. That's actually another thing. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he does. Have, he has a very low threshold for uh, mistakes like that. It's yeah. classical maestro shit, right? They, there's no rock guitar thing. Where it's like, ah, oh, yeah, and I know it's a little sloppy this time, though. No, they don't even let you do that. They're like, yeah. you fucking note, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like, it's like triggers, and I'm just like, you better get your fucking shit together. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So like. Whatever noise comes Damn. out from whatever quote unquote mistake is a noise that he was trying to get out of you anyway, or like not that yeah, he even knew yeah, it was coming. Convoluted, he didn't straight up tell me to do it. He like yeah, he like knew I was gonna do something. But at that clip you're talking about, which is from Big Ears, he's like, "All right, you two play blues, you two play free jazz," and he's like, "Don't no, the tempos don't relate. They don't they don't relate." So he's like, "Ding ding 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 ding," and I'm just going gang 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 like deliberately off. You know, it's it's just shit like that. And then he's like, ready? One, two, three, four. Like everyone together. Then back to different bands playing different things. It's just like, you know, like, um, again, like, right, if, if you predetermine your song, you quantize everything, it, it's Guitar Hero, right? Mm -hmm. It's not that. That's something else. Like, like, you're playing buttons that have been laid out for you. You're just poking buttons. You're not even, like, reacting to anything, right? So if you, I get a pressure cooker state, it's all sensory reaction. So that that's to me why it's really counterculture to the vibe of YouTube, Instagram, quantized, LARPy, LARPy subcultures. <laughs> like that, that, it's just like that they're not even doing music to me. I so, do have a question for you actually. I have the question, it's been, it's been burning my, so what would you do? Cause you, you use LARP a lot. So and also you have a new way of thinking. I mean, the people you hang out with and everything, all the musician circle that you are with is kind of, you know, finding its own kind of voice, you know, trying something completely different outside the box, not being boxed in with anything. Have you oh, found anyone that you would consider has LARPed you? Has what do you mean? Like, <laughs> like, are, like is there cleric LARPs style, out there? Are there like, taking, like taking a style that you think is like, that was something that kind of like that what you're doing. So now you're doing this thing. That's but, but the thing is with counterculture or not counterculture, but just like jumping outside the box constantly. I guess you could just keep jumping outside the box and it would be something different. So I guess that wouldn't be LARPing exactly, but someone that you feel like, cause you know, like there's how many Nikki six copies are there out there? How many, how many, you know what I mean? Like, have you ever it, felt like the whole time, right? This isn't, yeah. a new, it's just totally. it, the levels it's at right now. Cause every, I'm, cause it's easy to do with the internet. It's like, I love that Star Trek meme, dude. That's like, that's that's game over for this. But shit. do you like, think in the future, because of such a progressive, insane mindset that you have on music, that there's going to be people that LARP you guys? I hope so. Because if they LARP me, they're going to sit there like an idiot and play every division of three, four, like three through 13 beats and play 13 against 12 and find a rhythm in there. That's LARPing for me, not okay. not getting tattoos and and spending five hours on my fucking hair and like getting the Fuck, burst. I'm glad I, I'm glad I wore a long sleeve tonight, guys. He, he doesn't even know. I have no tattoos. Home. I have no tattoos. <laughs> I, I'm I'm in with Matt. 
So, tattoos are great. But once it's like trying to look like a type of person, I'm kind of over it and it's annoying, especially in music scenes. Music comes first to me, right? Like, I don't care about your lifestyle. It's just so annoying. Like, it's fine. I'm not interested though. It's not inspiring me the way a good record is. What you do know? you think about bands like like uh like ghosts where they don't no one knows what they I, here's the thing. I I go so back and forth because like I, it doesn't work that well for me. Like I'm I'm gonna it's like have to good music job in like one fucking second. But yeah, I yeah. Find big bands just to see what it's like for them. And I yeah. just realize like I don't even know how to do that. Like, like it's a whole different thing. Like I, I respect bands that pull that off, but yeah. I don't even understand how to do that. I don't understand how to hustle it. I don't understand how to put the show together. I don't understand how to get people into music that way anymore. And I, and I also feel that like the bands that succeed, they're kind of just like incestuous with their own scene. You know what I mean? Like, like the revolver bands and like revolver has been really nice to cleric. So I'm not even trying to say anything, but just that kind of vibe of like, it's a scene and I don't like that. It's it, that means it's a scene before it's music, right? People aren't looking for rhythms. They're not looking for new chords. They're not looking mm. for new ways to arrange things. They're just like, what do people like? Cool. What's, what's the, what's the press photo look like? Cool. Who's going to do the logo? Cool. It's soulless. It's detached. It's dissociative. There's no identity. And, and then the most annoying thing about it is this, you're going to tell me it's fucking rebellious. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> laughable joke there's nothing rebellious about it i mean yeah. i mean we seem like we're all similar age but like i romanticized the underground in the 90s right so my view of a band is like there's no internet like no one even knows about the band you just go on tour endlessly like black flag right like that's like but that's not a thing in the age of instagram there's no in, there's no there's no underground so there's no too cool for school anymore so that's really hard for people like us to understand. Like I, I'm grappling with this shit because I don't know what to do with Instagram. I don't, I don't really know how to be on there. None of this stuff is comes naturally to me. And I got three. I, I have three posts on Instagram, and they're all fucking pirate coins, guys. Come on, <laughs> you think I know how to Instagram? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't. And and you know, I want to just say about the tattoos. It's like I don't have an issue with the tattoos. I, I have an issue with the larping. Like, there's plenty of incredible, sincere musicians with tattoos. I mean. That's not my point. It's just, it's just like everyone. No, I know what you're saying. We, I, yeah, I yeah, got no, it from yeah. the beginning, dude. Don't. I, yeah. Everyone, like, I go to St. Vitus. It's like everyone's in a costume, and it's like I'm coming here with a fucking like mascot shoot. Like, my thing is, is you're not going to be able to go to fucking the Spirit Halloween store and get a cleric costume, dude. You're not going to get it because you need to be able to. You would have to understand what kind of atmosphere and feeling and mood that you're trying to make to copycat cleric. Right. I'm that there's these these certain groups and that I've come across and clerics one of them where I just say, hey, they fucking they got their own thing right here, like literally their own thing. I just was reminded about it in the last week, you know fucking cramming for this episode because you have so many fucking projects dude and i'm sure you haven't even mentioned them all yet but oh, yeah. infinian is one that i've actually dude the song i has been in my brain for like four days dude okay. i'm proud of that song uh, that song literally is a super catchy song and and forgive me i didn't do enough research on uh the band but what's what's her name because she has a beautiful voice what's her name chrissy loftus and she also plays all the piano. 
that you hear on the albums, right? All the keys. Oh, she is. She's wonderful, dude. She is so, like that whole in your bass player too. everybody. Everybody in that band. I've watched a little live uh, footage of you guys, too. And and it, it, it was very refreshing, dude. Oh, it really you. was. That was I, really inspired mainly from all that mimicry stuff. And then I got really into Balkan music. Uh, this band Farmer's Market. I don't know if you guys. Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. I love Farmer's Market. That's probably for guys. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite band, maybe ever. Like, like they got me way into Balkan. I'm going to be honest, dude. I was going to mention Farmers Market as one of the bands that came to mind while listening to it. But you know how in conversation, it's like, hey, your band sounds like this, 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 yeah, and this. Like, it's like, yeah. you know, no, I don't absolutely conscious. They're like the best band I've ever heard. I can't get enough of them. They're incredible. And oh, talking yeah. about it just feels so good. It just makes you happy. Is is within three seconds. It's like. Nothing makes me happier than farmer's market. Like that's soulful, like masterwork, like top shit to me. Like they're like no one's like very few bands have ever achieved that level of music. Involuntary body movements always yeah. tell me what a band is to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If your body doesn't move involuntarily, they're doing something wrong. <laughs> It's like and I, what I'm saying, Infinian gives me involuntary body movements, bro. That makes me feel good because when I'm mixing stuff, I'm trying to get the bass sorted so it's like hits the body like it, it does live, you know, so it really you can feel that. Like that's the only goal. That's why I love the book M so much, is the mix on that is so fucking nasty. So the right. low end on Secret Chiefs Book M is just that's actually the first record I got from Chiefs, dude. Oh, was book what, M. A, what a fucking record. Oh, dude. Uh, and okay. So now that we're talking about Chiefs again, we're talking about Claire, we're talking Jeez. about all this, we're talking about Zorn. I'm like, dude, I had uh, uh, an experience where uh, you were involved in it. Uh, Trevor Stewart from Worship, your roommate, Joel, was involved in it. Um, I, I invited him out to chapel sf and it was zorn's 65th birthday he was doing a seven night residency and there was every night was different and uh there was the perfect night for anthony trapani dude (laughs) there was cleric there was simulacrum there was secret chiefs three there was john zorn and mike Patton doing an improv sax and, and voice there was um, this whole improv thing that happened where uh, you guys were all rotating as musicians in and out of the stage and, and contributing and leaving and contributing and leaving. Um, and oh, and it I, was a single thing, right? I remember that. Yeah, it was this like rotating thing that happened where you'd see somebody do a thing for a little bit and then, I'm sorry, there's beeping in the background right now. But um, pizza's oh, done. If you guys hear it, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Hold on one second. I'm gonna mute for one second. What? <laughs> and I'm back. I'm just gonna be until she comes down. Oh, what up, Professor? Hey, what up? How's it going? But yeah, dude. It was. It was. I don't know if it started with uh, Patton and Zorn. But, I think it. Yeah, I remember that. And then, and yeah, it just like was this rotating thing that you guys were are rotating through. It was super cool, dude. And um, I had a lot of those deep, deep, like 
spiritual experiences that night because I was feeling all you guys and, and, and cleric was one of those things where I was like, I've never had this, um, wall of sound situation that happened as much as it did where I was, I was, I was actually, you know, the tension and release thing of a cleric set, especially playing something from the, did you guys hear this beeping still? I'm going to fucking, I'm going to lose my mind right now. All right. Um, not bad. Yeah. It's throwing me off though. But I was just saying like that. It's so funny that it's called a chapel. I was like, dude, I'm at church right now. I'm getting the Holy spirit go through my body. Like I could not stop moving through that whole night, dude. That was and, you're right. But what a what a great night that was. I for, I forget what the uh uh the dude. I'm sorry. Can you guys? T I'm so sorry. I need to fucking deal with this. <laughs> actually, so um, actually, you were talking about not to go completely off kilter, but kind Let's of like a, a band that actually really blew my mind that I wouldn't expect that would blow my mind. It was they were playing um felt music hall uh over in Santa Cruz County and um. It's, it was this band Bellwitch, but they did uh, oh, yeah. uh yeah with uh what's what's that what's that they mixed with the other band what's it what's it red or uh, don't they don't they play with like stoner rock bands yeah yeah and it was like an it was like two it was like the Bellwitch guys and like another guy together and they like what's do you remember what it was called Joseph do you do you have any idea what it was called like slow slow I don't even know but it was like this total I was like whatever it's a stoner rock band my friend's stoner rock band's playing I'm gonna go check it out and. You know, have a, have a have a beer and be like, "Fuck yeah, good job," and um, which they were great. My friend's band too, but this band came on and I was just like, it was Bellwitch mixed with another band, and it was like uh, this fucking uh, psychedelic experience. I was like, and it wasn't even fat. It was like a like a kind of like a Pink Floydy kind of like. Nice. Was it? Uh, so it says Bellwitch and Aerial Ruin. St Aerial Ruin. St Stygian oh. Vow plus Vona. Those are the four acts, maybe. Yeah, Stygian uh, Vow, something like that, or yeah. And I was yeah. watching it, and I was like, "Whatever, I'm down to watch the headliner. I'll just, you know, I'm here." And uh, I was like, "It was just a stoner rock, kind of like slow, but it was very. I have no idea how to explain it, but it was psychedelic to me, and it did bring me to like this, like the state that kind of you were talking about, even with like the funeral kind of state back when you were a kid. Yeah, it was like I was, I, I was, I didn't give myself to it. I was like kind of like pretentious to it when I walked well, up. To yeah, it. You, you didn't expect it to happen. You exactly." Were and then it didn't matter. That's kind yeah. of, I love when that happened. That happened to me one time with neurosis when I'm like, whatever, I've seen them. As soon as they started, it was like, <laughs> yeah, I know. And Horizon, like, <laughs> oh, I walked no out with my friend. I walked out with my friend. I was like, was this the best, one of the best shows you've seen in like, a yeah, long time? Like, <laughs> I love when that happens because it yeah. takes it beyond music because it's like, now it's not the subgenre. Now it's just this raw sensory Feeling. experience. That's what I'm looking for. I don't care about the scene or the subgenre. It's annoying. It's in yeah. the way. Yeah. Exactly. And Bell was kind of like lumped into that whole like stoner rock thing. So I was like, oh, stoner rock. Yeah, okay. Cool. So but mm -hmm. they stand out. I like them. Yeah, they were great. They were, I mean, yeah. that that whole mixture of the two uh, the two bands together. I was like, what? And the bass player just completely is an amazing bass player. And, and it was like mixture of like kind of and they would do like guitar solos on the bass, but they were they just worked. They weren't like. Doing, you know, they weren't too much. I, I have no idea, and I did. I, I was, I was, I was drinking. Like I wasn't in the stoned vibe at all, you know. And I totally just let myself go and was like, "Whoa!" Like you know, nice. 
I think that's what music fans look for. I don't think they care about this lifestyle promotion shit. I think it's really convoluted stuff. It's not even like we're all kind of like counterculture anyway. It's not like you have to pretend to look that way, but just the like overly like who's more cult is just so. Yeah, yeah. We all have to have mohawks. Yeah. I sure. got over. Yeah. I got over like, uh, dude. I know cooler bands than you a long time ago. You know. I want to ask Matt. Have you heard of a band called Tarantula Hawk? I have heard of them, but I don't think I've listened. Yeah, to them, but you would heard. like them. They're fucking They're crazy, crazy, dude. Sequencers, right. like two bass players, and like right. I used to go to sh shows down at the Shea Cafe down in here in San Diego, and I saw Converge and Neuros, all that kind of shit. And nice. uh, this oh, is the great. late '90s. And, oh, great. Uh, yeah, and this band, dude, Tarantula Hawk, so fucking rad, dude. Oh, wow. still listen to them. They're fucking so sick. And uh, also, have you ever heard of Black Dice? I have heard of Black Dice. Where did I hear Black? Yeah. They're a lot different now, but they used to be fucking. They're a bunch of art students from like Rhode Island, and they started this band. And that they weren't musicians apparently, and they they like it's all just insane fucking avant garde, fucked up, like oh, well, more experimental. Really, it's not. There's no structure, <laughs> but it's like. Oh, actually, no. I guess it is. I don't know how to explain it. It's fucking dope. Like the early shit. Check out wow. early Black Dice. Yeah, early Black Dice. I'm doing it. Yeah, I mean the new stuff's I, cool too. It's more electronic now. It's like, I got a question for you, Matt. Give me the definition of avant-garde to you. Well, I can already tell that the word avant-garde is going to be LARPy in like five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> in real time, like on social media, because there's already memes about it. And shit, so. Right, right. Now yeah. everybody figured out the word, dude. It was a secret for a little bit. Genre busting, but that's too confrontational to people. But maybe avant-garde is too confrontational, because I've seen some really like, reactionary fucking takes dude it's ridiculous but it all it means to me is like i'm not following your predetermined bullshit i'm combining this with this with this with this if you don't like it i don't give a shit that's what this is about is doing things that like offend convention right like yeah, a totally. convention that's if you want a summation that's but I, is that really avant-garde avant-garde sounds incredibly pretentious to me yeah it's like a it does right. sound pretentious. It does. People are acting and memeing it and trying to be like "fuck you," but like mm -hmm. I already saw a couple memes about yeah. it. But like you know, people like this like thing of like you can only listen to this style is really from like forty years ago because yeah. I saw a meme posted about it on this metal group. Um, it was it was actually funny because it was like oh avant garde metal, so you need to be special, bro. You need to be special. You're a special <laughs> little guy, and I was like, actually, that made me laugh. But all, <laughs> like um, because they were listing like suffocation dying fetus is like what's that's yeah. not good enough for you what the fuck you know yeah. and, okay well that's also stupid and yeah. all the like I listen to those bands too what's your what, yeah yeah I, can I saw sure. that meme for sure yeah I <laughs> and I can listen to like cleric you know what I mean it's like they're giving me different things and like yeah by the way we we're bitching about tool I still want to listen to tool sometimes hell yeah I I had a on scratch that itch and it's like they're still memeable. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. They can take it. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. In the age of memes, when none of us are actually talking, people take them like way personally. Oh, I love like, memes. I, uh, we all love memes. And I feel like it's just funny. People yeah. are taking them so personally, but yeah, avant-garde to me is just like, you know, you don't, you don't accept convention. You're a renegade. You're like going into scenes and you're like fucking with people's minds. Like, yeah, I, not, uh, their rules you know like i remember when we opened for nile cleric opened for nile and soul flight so funny <laughs> it was like <laughs> Rad, so, dude. so fucking cool like he is the 
coolest guy. I've, like one of the most down to earth people I've ever who met. Is? Who is? George Kalias. He's like, oh, oh yeah, we just oh, had, we had him on. We just had him on. He is yeah, the coolest guy. He's so cool. He's amazing. Oh, yeah. And Gary and, and, like, and me have loved Nile for like since high school because we just I thought of ridiculous stuff so like good. Black Seeds of Vengeance and shit. Like just like. Just we put it on and just like laugh for the entire hour. Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> and, like, funny excitement. So it's like a mushroom laugh. It's like a mushroom yeah, yeah. laugh. Yeah, you're just yeah. like, listen to this insane shit. Oh, dude, totally. Yeah. Like, right. break your brain to just hear the beat and imagine doing it yourself. It's just like a brain ending, you know what I mean? Like, all that shit. Like, uh, but like, like, Kalia saw Larry and he's like, I couldn't do any of those beats, not one. So it's like, so it's like, well, Larry couldn't do that for like even two seconds. He's he's done for like an hour. So, right. it's, well, it's a different methodology. Like Larry's nice. Hella, Primus, Tim Alexander, Danny Carey, Neurosis, Connie. You know what I mean? The, there's not really like Gene Hoagland. Uh, you know, like death. Mm -hmm. That's not a thing, right? Whereas the Nile guys, Kalias, just sitting there like doing push-ups all fucking day. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Have you heard sickening horror? Right. Like, and it's like, yeah, that yeah. like just doesn't do that. He's like, let me give you like a feel. Let me give you some tuplets. Like Kalias doesn't even do tuplets. So they're just in different realms. But like Larry, like it's so fucking awesome watching them watch each other. Cause when they were playing their set, we're just like looking at him and he's like looking at Larry like because you know it's ridiculous it is. Because it's like so a strange. joke. It's a fucking joke how fast he plays. And then like when Larry was playing, he was looking at him like Oh my god! Like, just like, what are you guys doing? Like, just like, if certain shit and if it, like, I love that shit. Yeah. Like, what are you guys fucking doing? Like, he yeah. had no reference, and he couldn't do it. I mean, so you could like, you uh, could like, take that back to the grass is greener on the other side. You always see like um, right. it, it right. could be like that. I'm doing it like this over here, but it could be like that. And you're like, oh, that that I like how he did it. Like you know how he did his yard right there i like how he put the hedges over there like <laughs> but like that's my ideal for cleric like like larry's like we're literally i mean i you know we're, we're kind of working out our pinky in the brain master plan right now and it's, it's going half well but like my ideal is straight up like open for fucking metallica open for tool go wreck their shit get booed it'll be glorious like that's like really the ultimate goal is yeah. to get opening for metallica Dude, a tool right now like tool has bands that open for them that yeah. cover their songs before they go on there's yeah. a band that's like a it's like a br what? old brass band or so that's a, a trevor said he just saw him oh, and they brass like, against yeah like yeah they like played a they played like two tool songs before tool went on like oh, really? the world was uh. when when phantom is played before tool on the lateral tour and that was like changed my whole life because i was yeah. like yeah. in college I was like, like tripping or like on tons of drugs, right? Seeing them, Famous comes out, and and it's like, it, like I liked it so much more than Tool. Like immediately, I was like, holy fuck, dude, what is that? And yeah. everyone there booed them, and I couldn't believe it. Damn. And so funny. Like, boo, boo. <laughs> <laughs> boo us, boo Weezer. They were here Wednesday night. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's like, like, like making fun of them and like. Like blowing yeah. kisses and like it was just like nice. oh it was like it was like real like because tool is just like goes to here it's kind of like a doorway and then there's all this other shit that's way cooler right you know? and I was like as a as a younger guy I was like 
that's like badass to go in front of like 50,000 people and just be like, eat my ass. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, totally. That is oh, right. I want to do that. I want to yeah. do that. So like that Nile <laughs> like getting that's away great. with something. If you got if you did that, I would be you in the crowd. I'd be the one guy like, what the fuck, dude? This is sick, dude. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like <laughs> no, it would just be I mean, because like we started to get some pits recently, but basically until then, it was like Godspeed vibe from the crowd. Just like like no one moves, just there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it's like, like last few gigs, people started in Boone, like some of the breakdowny parts, even though they're like completely off and there's no, it's like there's no way to feel a beat really. Like, but they, there's starting to be like some triangle pit shit. Like, we used to call it that the early days triangle pit deathcore. <laughs> Dude, I'm bringing that back. That's weird. A circle. You got it. <laughs> so, that, so I, I just saw yeah. uh, open for uh, for uh, Sepultura's uh, like Max Cavalera and Igor got back together and they're doing like a rise and beneath the remains like they're doing like tour. Uh, my friend's band Cephalic Carnage opened for them and oh, they like and they literally did a they did like a they did a like they were trying to do a wall of death. Oh, but, uh, yeah. but but the thing is, Leonard like explained like ninety rules. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. And yes. like and everyone's just like, all right, go and like no one knew what to do. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I was dying. Yes, yes, dude. Yes. Really? Wait, what? Yeah, it was so funny. So, all right, he's all we're gonna do so a single wall of death. He's all, he's all, so we're gonna do like a singular wall of death no with like three people that could like he like started going like the, all these rules that didn't make any sense. Oh, yes. go. I just went into it and I was crying, <laughs> laughing. I was like, ah, because the wall of that death has always bothered me. It's always bothered me. Recorded. Yeah, I, I know. Well, I didn't know that was happening. It happened like so, after, like randomly. He's like, "All right, I want to get to do a wall of death." I'm like, "I thought he was going to do an actual wall of death." I'm like, "Dude, come on!" Like the bands that do that now. Oh, no offense, to can it that way. But uh, but we have friends that you know, and big bands that still do it, and it's like, "All right, we want you guys over here, and you guys you over here, first. blah blah." And like, I, I like now oh, it's like man. so overplayed now that I'm like, every time a band does it, I'm like, I immediately don't like. I I'm against everything that you're about. Who <laughs> started the trend though, Joel? 2003 when we went on war tour they were doing that so it's like it's uh, really yeah. yeah well it's 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 it's, a, it's an ego move it's it's a wait it's Claire saying, was it's on warp tour yeah that's oh, how we shit. Shit. oh that's you said you said warp tour metal bands and i was like how the like okay so oh, that's what kind of explains that like i'll see the, i saw the ataris work on their fucking hair for five hours every day it's like dang <laughs> guys like I'm no i went backstage a couple at a couple uh, warp tours i remember like hanging with like uh andrew wk with like some oh, 41 yeah. stuff yeah, yeah that, was, that was 2003 i think it was white so chapel was on it too this band oh, no, that band. was later that's probably 2007 or, or 2009 or 10 i think that's when i went on it but yeah, yeah that, that was, was uh like let's get away with something because it didn't yeah, work yeah. it wasn't even a good business decision but it's kind of like we're 19 and 20 years old we're not going to college this is the college experience. Right, right. Plus, right. What a clusterfuck that festival is. I remember like there was a thousand so, buses in the back. There was like yeah, 900 buses. And then there was like set times. Set times are completely different every day. Like uh, completely. One day you'll play at 11 a.m. Next day you'll play at 10 p.m. It's like all over the place. Like where you're going to play. It's well, like really glad that I went on that tour, though, because I'm glad you mentioned that because nothing solidified my philosophy like going on that. <laughs> seeing all the bands work on their image that much oh man big rock stars all the time and 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 it's seen that this like corporate trade fair bullshit all couched as the counterculture it's like this is fucking disgusting like right. might, yeah but this is fucking fruity loops for like i i just i just like really had 
an existential crisis. I was like, this is a fucking band. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Like, I, I'm trying to do soundtracks or something. Like, nothing. I it just, I couldn't, I can't express to you how, like, depressed it made me, the idea that that was the only way to do it. That's why, you know, it was almost more of a release when I found the Mimicry bands. I was like, yeah. oh, thank God, Jesus. But, um, almost like an influence for you, dude. It's almost like an influence for you, like, you know, seeing all that and being like, that's exactly what we're not trying to do. So we know even more what not to do yes. in another direction, you know? It's exactly an influence. It actually influenced more than stuff that was a positive influence in a yeah, way. Yeah. Like, these motherfuckers, like, buy all that hair gel and every day it's five hours, like a fucking, like, makeup in a movie. Like, and then it's like, oh, I'm punk rock. Meanwhile, you're like talking monster energy drinks. Like, what the fuck is happening? Buying <laughs> your buying your makeup at at what did I already say spirit stores today? I already did. I already no, you can use it again, man. We're no, no, just the, 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 the costume, the costume subject. It's like, you know, it's that's just been what we're talking about. It's like putting on costumes. Everybody's more they want Halloween more than one day a year, dude. No, they, no, it's Comic Con, and then and then that, and then it's worse than that because I don't remember that band like the Used and like, and then Jared Leto's band was on there, and they're like really just like straight up, like petter. You know what I mean? Like Thirty Seconds to Mars is that what it is? So, but but they're like looking for like young girls. And, oh, like, dude, they, uh, yeah, that that is like the most hot topic, like. Like, or not even like, what is it? American Eagle, like those types of stores you'd go in and you hear oh, yeah. 30 seconds to Mars. And that always was like one of those, like, oh yeah, this, there was a, a cookie cutter for pop format for this type of music. And they just grabbed it and went. Yeah. With it's it. like, this, it's definitely oh. probably it's management in the background going, it's kind of like a NSYNC or a Backstreet Boys. Like, all right, well, I think that yeah. we could put together a band like this and this would be a profitable thing. It's a rock right. and roll boy band. Yeah. Right. I think I didn't get until that tour, literally 2004 Warp Tour, where it's like like I was old enough and seeing clearly enough and trying to figure out what I really wanted to do because I didn't want to become cynical. And I realized like, no, most bands are just a fucking business plan. And once you have your set together, it feels like doing a wedding band because there's no improv and it's just fucking ad infinitum every fucking time, dude. Like even being Metallica, right? Like don't they, they have to do understand that? every time and it's like you don't think you're sick of playing inner salmon 30 years later you're definitely fucking sick of it are they even saying while they play i wouldn't i'm not i mean i'm exaggerating but this is where it's like doing a band isn't that cool actually that's when that started to happen and then i realized like why isn't it cool it's because everyone is like lame and redundant and then Mm -hmm. i found people i'm like that they are not redundant nothing about what they're doing is redundant it's all a contribution and it's and it and it just lit me up like I was like, okay, okay. It was like doing mushrooms. It's like that their albums were like the musical equivalent of like doing mushrooms for the first time, where you realize like you were just in Plato's cave, bro. Like this is reality. Like like don't stop looking at that. You know you were looking at shadows. Like that that's like literally what. They were <laughs> and so like that's why I'm so maniacal about my music because like they did it for me. I got to do it for people younger than me. So it's like to keep the circle going, the cycle of inspiration, I, I'm going to get burnt out at a certain point, and then I'm going to fucking die. So there isn't an infinite amount of time. Art, so, is, art is something that we love so much, and to just like any other you know, thing that you love, you would not want to see it go away. So what can you contribute to the cycle that we've been – talking about 
what can you do to hopefully say, okay, I, I did something to prop it up a little bit, you know, that one little sliver, you know? Totally. I mean, and that's just all I want is just uh, to make a contribution in a real way that's not just doing something to do something. Because that's what I think the problem is right now is I feel like way too many people are just doing shit to do something. It's like the appearance of doing something. It's yes, dude. That's uh, what it, the the anything and and like like that's why my shit sometimes takes a long time. You're like, sorry, it takes five years to make a cleric record. It's really fucking hard to do. Every step is insane. Sorry, it's like stop bitching. Yeah. It's like yeah. thirteen. So with no help and no record label, no but nobody helping me, just the four of us, no roadies, nothing. It, I think I could take four fucking years. Fuck you. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like get over it. Like just listen to listen to it again. You still don't get it. You know what I mean? Listen to an old record. <laughs> There's so many people bitched about Metro because it took eight years. You know what I'm saying? Three of those years, robberies, nothing happened. Then lineup change. Then raising money to make an 80 minute album with no money, dude. <laughs> <laughs> for Retro by doing two Masada shows, mm. and it was and and that was most of the money. So we just didn't take money for those shows. So that to me is meritocracy where it doesn't really exist in the real economy that much anymore. But in my musical world, okay, I, I earned them. I earned two Masada gigs, used those Masada gigs to pay for this original record. I earned mm. a back record. I bought the preamps Colin Marston has. Now I don't have to go to his studio. He just masters it. Right. So now I can record myself. This is all like, you know, it's, it's almost like an RPG. Remember when you beat people in RPGs and yeah. And, uh, New weapons because you get power ups. It's the same thing. I, I, I'm doing the same. Dude, thing. it is. You're fucking playing the video game of of music and life. Right. It really is like getting what you need to get to the next point. You're constantly setting up another goal to hit. Right, and you just want to. You want to constantly. It's not like achievement. Like it's peddled in the corporate academic world where it's very linear and it's a no. pyramid. There's a top of a pyramid and there's an ultimate alpha dominator that mm. owns the entire universe and we're all his slave. It's nothing like that. It's no. like progressive self-growth and anyone can can go through it if they choose to. It's not exclusively mine. It's all of ours, right? So like uh, doing music in the real way, it's it's an open door like that. If, if, if I think it's about some LARPy subculture, then I, I'm just, I'm totally, I'm, I'm, I'm blind. I have a blindfold on. I can't see even look around me, I, let alone interact or create anything meaningful. What, what, I mean, I can't even see what's around me. Uh, these yeah. ideology and these, these scenes are just like, nope, I'm dissociated now. I don't have to sense anything. And to me, yeah. I'm trying to open the senses up. They're fucking closed down from all this bullshit marketing, business plans, like strat strategies, all this like, cynical like manipulative games like if music hits you in that real way right on the senses like it's way more powerful than all that bullshit and you see that that stuff's bullshit you know so this is a good segue to uh ask you the question that i've been waiting to ask you which is with with your attitudes towards everything that you just mentioned um what was it like for cleric as a project to now I, I mean it's not really I, i'm thinking of the word surrender you're not really surrendering uh the project to zorn but you're you're taking on zorn's compositions for the masada book box set that i own and 
love, but at the same time, there's a backstory to why I now hate owning that because how it came out, Zorn got fucked in the deal. You guys got fucked in the deal, probably. Should uh, I go through that real quick, or does that not matter? No, I would. I would actually love to hear that. I'm. I'm actually maybe mentioning it to see if I could bait you to start talking about it. All right. Well, basically. Like once that town hall gig happened in 2014 that I mentioned earlier, yeah. where he came out and saw Cleric in 2013, he's like, do a Masada track. So we did a Masada track at town hall. Uh, our goal was to re- arrange something so insane that he just offered us a full record on the mm-hmm. spot. That yeah. is what and now, you know, um, once that happened, he, 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 uh, he was going to originally do like, because he had 92 Basically, there's 693 Masada songs total in the entire songbook because that's how many laws in the Torah there are. So it's completely related to like angels in the Kabbalah and laws in the in the Talmud. Uh, so yeah. he's 93. So book book three, which is the record we got our songs from for that record, or the songbook we got our record our record out of, uh, is 92 songs. So he basically just gives us these one sheet heads or music that's like maybe five lines it's like 30 seconds to a minute tops um and all his only rule was you just have to do this as written once so that's the only rule so i make a cleric riff to start um we could do like nothing having to do with that um with that head and then plop it randomly in the middle we can also pick any tempo we want we can do any groove under these melodies we can make it any style um, so he's not really telling us like, here's a song I wrote with all the parts. He's like, here's a piece of something, fill it out the way you would, uh, with improv, with your language. And that's kind of what we end up doing. We just, you know, we, we arrange it as, as crazy as we can. And we take the opportunity to do improv, which is not something we ever write into cleric songs normally. Um, right. it's just some noise texture stuff. We don't play like straight up jazz solos, like in, in, cleric proper songs but like in these masada songs it's like it's jazz language like every other group is doing that so we just got into you know solo sections um and that did open up the style of the band a lot because when larry larry's like coming from you know the the 90s prog metal thing everyone wrote every like danny carey wrote every beat every fill did it the same way every time you know maybe larry was like buying into that a little too much for his own good and we realized very quickly once we started doing more improv that like unhinged, spontaneous Larry is best, not Larry trying to be Thomas Hawk. That's not the vibe. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like him just playing what he feels in the moment is the best version, not the predetermined thing that's played correctly and perfectly every single time for 30 years. You know, and this is where it starts to break from another band where it's like the more we do with this improv stuff, the more we're like, fuck writing beats, fuck you, no, no, fuck quantizing it. Like, no, like never have the click, never. You know what I mean? Like, like, like a maniacal, like hard line, you know, um, because the results speak for themselves. And I don't know if you listen to retro, you can kind of hear it, which is why I'm, I'm like, if I have one issue with retro, it's that it's like we were going through lineup changes. We didn't have a bass player. We wrote all these demos on logic. Larry wrote the beats, all the fills, and then learned them. Right. And there's a stiffness until the very end of the record until Triska Decaphobe and gray lodge. You can kind of tell that's what we did. 
And I'm not sure that it puts Larry in his best light where you, you hear Grey Lodge, the last track where there was no plan. It's just like, bro, we're out of time. Just fucking play. That's the best drumming on the record. <laughs> I, like, I enjoy it throughout. I, no, I, you know, I, it's great the whole time. But the approach, I'm, all I'm saying is like you can hear the approach start to change in Triskaidekaphobe where there's a little more looseness and breath and dynamic in the drums. And that's because the, we just ran out of the linear plan. And that's why I've kind of gotten philosophically opposed to even writing drum beats um, in a way, because I'm just like, I just want you to feel it right now mm -hmm. and like gravitate towards something, make a decision. But I don't, I don't like, I, I listen, I love Meshuggah. It's one of my favorite bands ever. 90s Meshuggah is like anchor for me personally. Unbelievable. Like, but like, I just don't want to play like that. I don't want to approach it that way. And that Larry doesn't play like that. So right. more like Primus and Hella and uh just jazz stuff that's just different each time you're down with hella that or is he down oh, with yeah oh, how could you not be i mean he's a genius he's fucking oh, dude another a, a very unique voice dude is zach hill though both both those guys i hella is well i i found fell down the don cab rabbit hole and got to hella very quick oh yeah don cab's great but hella's something hell is like a timeless that's novel. Yeah, I'm not really comparing them. I'm just saying I fell down the cab hole and got there. Oh yeah, the, the music. Hell is that musical novelty shit though. That's just like there's no. That's totally distinct, right? And that's like ideally, that's what I would want. I'm not sure that I feel that way about what I'm doing either. But that's what I'm. I, I would love that. Just like you hear it and you immediately know who it is. I'm gonna right? call out my favorite song right now. One eight hundred Ghost Dance. I forget which album it's off of, but that. Go check that out. Hella 1-800-GHOST-DANCE. That's that's the jam, guys. Hella is unbelievable. There's this other band, too, I really like. Uh, Yowie, if you know Yowie. Yeah. Yeah, Yowie's awesome. And I, I love that drummer. He's so good. Yeah, um, dude. It's all I, I'm, As a vocalist, my favorite thing to listen to is drummers and bass players lately. But, dude, and I'm not calling you out because, obviously, I love listening to you, too. But I'm just saying that I, currently in my life, it's drummers and bass players, dude. That's my no. shit. Yeah, I, I mean, rhythm section. To respect bass recently, I mean, the last few years, I was just like, that's like the band to me. The bass is, like, and when I mix, I'm just like, you, you get the bass yeah. right, you get, you, you got, you got it, you know. And, and you got, and you got it in uh, Infinian, dude. That that yeah, it's it, amazing. Yeah, I'm very lucky to have him. That dude, that dude rips, and and the mix of the the newest uh, full length. What is it called? The one that came uh, out in 2017. Uh, coming out in august we just got vinyls and digital yeah just, you guys got you got you got the single but i'm talking about the most recent full length what is it called oh you mean before this new one coming out oh uh mm -hmm. endless tunnel that's the one i've been jamming the one with aya right yeah yeah so because since i uh, was so new to that project i could only really dive into that album i did sample the 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 single you guys already have a music video video for it too right yeah 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 that will come out on vinyl in like a couple months really soon we we already pressed it and everything I I really back this project guys like if if you're into fusion prog funk Balkan <laughs> Balkan all that shit dude just fucking dive in take a few puffs and 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 sit back and make sure nobody's gonna bother you for the next several you know minutes or whatever <laughs> i got fucking i stopped right there in that sentence yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
no you know what i'm saying uh go fucking have fun with that band for sure dude because i have been awesome i'm really happy to hear that i, I want to hear the origins of that real quick uh if we were if, if we were done with what we were just speaking about okay uh yeah that was um so uh right after warp tour i was really really in a weird place uh the second warp tour because i was basically like i don't want to do a band it's really stupid it's like i hated everything about it and i moved into this house in philly with a bunch of people i was like 20. it was like standard like everyone live in a house and does psychedelics all the time kind of vibe you know uh there's just like a party house like almost like not a frat house because it was like art all over the walls but it was you know that kind of thing and yeah uh, Chrissy and her boyfriend at the time, Justin, were going to Temple University for jazz. Um, I was a little alienated from punk and metal at the time because I really didn't know what I thought about it after that war Tour experience. Uh, and not that that was even that metal, but just I was in a weird place with metal and I didn't know what I wanted to do at all. Um, mm. So I remember with them, it was the first time I'd taken psychedelics and actually played with people. And it was a profound experience um, and it really changed how I saw music. And then, and then I remember Justin, cause he was a jazz performance major that I wasn't cause I didn't want to do that. Um, he just taught me all the stuff they were teaching him. So he taught me all these five, six note chords. He's like, he, he came up with this whole style. He's like, I want to use these lush chords, only clean guitar, you know, all these polyrhythms. Um, and so the whole thing's just kind of vibrating and oscillating and floating and it's like wow it's really cool like so it was i saw it kind of as a challenge to just come up with a style with clean guitar that was as intense as like the hardcore band i was playing in like but just a different emotion basically right so i was trying to like reach that same level of intensity but with subdued clean guitar um more with texture and vibe as opposed to volume and violence you know uh so that's kind of how it started and and then and then you know I, I started getting heavily into world music right around that time like ethiopian music uh mauritanian music north african carnatic middle eastern azerbaijan mugam like all this all this crazy shit and it's just like exploded my language while the jazz stuff was going on and then i kind of went back to metal um and that's when regressions started getting written so there were these two years where i was just like fuck metal man i i don't one idea that i like and i was just in the mimicry bands and genre busting and farmer's market and i just i went all in on the infinium thing um but then i came back to cleric and that's when we finished out regressions and i because my language had opened up so much i feel like i was able to get regressions to to a way higher level where it became more of like a looser more organic thing um whereas you mentioned the underlying you can tell that we're just kind of more of a hardcore band at that point yeah uh, like like it, it, so all that experience of the form formation of infinian was i was able to like improvise and interact in a different kind of kind of way um and i i don't think if that had happened that regressions would have sounded the same that's one of my favorite bridges really quick i'm just gonna say because i do enjoy that ep because there is a part of me that loved the metalcore and the old you know metallic hardcore shit and all oh, that stuff so that's where we started from yeah yeah exactly and and so i appreciate that because i did also come across it at a time where it, it, it is important to me and 
but that bridge from that to well you guys had the um the ep vinyl that you have to help me is it allo triophagy yeah that was like a self-release it wasn't a vinyl it was a that's actually the first track on regressions though right, right. Yeah. well that was, that was uh a, the demo so yeah. that was recorded on a four track we used to practice in this daycare center on the weekends because the old bass player's mom um owned that owned it as a business so we just take all this acid and sleep there and play like psychotic death metal in the <laughs> that's the vibe of regressions just saying <laughs> yeah, that's all good dude that's probably why i love it so much dude that's yeah, pretty unhinged and strange <laughs> but uh yeah so that was yeah that's why i wanted to mention that earlier when you were saying i gave him this track too i was like well yeah if you gave him track one you handed him an ep that you yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's a 20 minute song. That track, it just set the whole thing off for me. I mean, it was like we were signing mimicry. Soren's like moved to New York. He's guy Simulacrum started. It's just all from that track. And I, you know, that's so crazy, dude. Estimate like what just handing like a crazy, like a crazy thing you made to someone you respect is going to do because you don't fucking know. I literally thought nothing was going to happen and I was mm -hmm. just working IT. And, you know, what I'm doing is a struggle to keep it going and it doesn't always work, but I pretty much made a living making weirdo music that's uncommercial for like 15, 20 years and I haven't compromised yet. Um, so I don't know. I, that's, that's to me, I, I want more musicians to do it that way, even if it's hard and it's, it might not even be as hard for you as it was for me, but just people that like, just like do something courageous, like actually courageous. Like I don't think ghost is courageous. Or you know what I mean, or just like playing that kind of game of the like, like, oh, this is what they like in this scene. Just, just make the donuts, bro. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, it sucks. It's like I, I'm not even gonna do a band at that point. I'll go work at CERN or like work at James Webb. Like that's that's way more interesting at that point. It's like if it's about exploration and experimentation, novelty, like Terrence McKenna talked about, then you know these scenes and these ideologies and this lifestyle shit is just like completely in the way. It just doesn't help anybody do do what I'm talking about. You know, right. you know, don't take the umbrella of that. I mean, Terrence just basically says like culture is not your friend, dude. Right, right, right. And that's to me, it's you subculture is not your friend either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I'm trying to be myself for for real, and it's like, well, I would myself for real would never be accepted at a death metal show, would never be accepted at a black metal show, would never be accepted at an avant garde show. So that's that's really accepting truth, right? Like mm -hmm. accepting that that's your role is to not be accepted, right? Like. I don't know. No, I agree, dude. I, I definitely agree. I have nothing else to add other than I always, my, my mom early on in my life told me to not be a follower, be a leader. And I, I don't necessarily need to be anybody following me because I'm, I don't, I'm just saying that, that stuck with me. Like just be different. Don't, don't look at what other people are doing. Just do your thing. That's what I took it as totally. pretty early too. And even if you fail for a while, like like we were we were failing to do anything at the regressions level for like four or five years. We just knew that that's kind of where we were headed, but it didn't work for a long time. And at any point, if I had lost heart and like, oh, what are we even doing? This is crazy. It's like, well, we're searching for something and we're being really maniacal about it. And it's going to take how long it takes. And it's not a fucking assembly line. You know what I mean? This notion of like, 
your productivity equals your worth, right? Super ingrained capitalist idea. Like it's very easy to transfer that to musical growth and it's not applicable at all. It's like assembly line's a linear task, right? Like musician mm -hmm. artists are trying to 360 their shit like it's supernova. Like this is a human bullshit. Like do not bring that perspective into this sacred realm, right? Like, yeah, it's just not acceptable. It's not going to work. And uh, so I, again, culture is not your friend because if I believe culture, my identity is what I made. My identity is what I get from what I made. How an avatar, an avatar from your video games. Is that how crap is that? How stupid is that? It's, it's, it's not valid, right? So, or archetypes in the Jungian all Jungian language. It's all everybody's. It's masks. It's all all the different. Right. You know, right? And even it's synonyms. scary to not wear a mask, and I might still be wearing a mask a little bit, and that's part of the process. That's maybe not I'm a binary thing. But, but I, I don't want to wear a mask and I know my goal is to not wear a mask and my goal is to be fully myself and subculture is absolutely in the way. And on another level, culture is even more in the way because as soon as I buy into one aspect of our mythology, I can't even move in that space, let alone look around, let alone mold anything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like our culture is just totally out to lunch with this type of shit. Like, <laughs> like how, and anything we think or assume that's from our culture is like, crap to me you know and maybe that's like too harsh but that's just my experience it's like i didn't get anywhere until i jettisoned assumptions that were really basic you know what i mean totally dude and i i love how it this is expressed through your music dude like it, i the and it, it's not like saying that you're predictable but i'm just saying like oh yeah dude Having a conversation with this dude, of course, cleric would come out of this brain or, you know, like, of course, these these projects would be involved with this man because this is this. It's just you're you found a good way to speak uh, through your music and also actually articulate it well on a podcast right now. And I'm actually wondering where the fuck all my other my co-hosts are, because it's just been me and you for the last <laughs> I yeah, think yeah. they just left us, dude. They're like, wow. all right, we're we're out. There, uh, there. <laughs> Joel had a family thing come up. So. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, well, all good though, but yeah, love right. you, love you, Joel. Yeah, it wasn't anything like that. He just had to go. So it's that's all good, good dude. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah, it. dude. No, dude, this is great. And oh uh, yeah, dude, it's been awesome. Dude, awesome. We're, um, so what's coming up in the near future right now for you? Um, Saratma is the next release. It's a uh, coming out on August Nefarious Industries on vinyl. Um, that same month is the next Infinian record, uh, Beyond the Veil, so full length. Uh, it's going to be a double vinyl gatefold self-release. It it'll probably be out on Bandcamp. Uh, we'll probably sell it through Bandcamp. And then um, I am wrapping up a, uh, well, There's a the next Cleric's album is a 19-song, 40-minute album for John Zorn. Uh, he wrote these bagatelles pieces they're like 30 second heads um so we kind of made our short form record finally like the, the longest song is 350 there's a lot of songs under a minute um but it's just as intense as the long stuff uh so nice. i think it's gonna show us in a really new light i'm really excited about that um because 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 we got a reputation for like it takes years to listen to cleric's discography and I, yeah it's funny but like uh this is straight up like minute two minute songs and so you've never heard us pace our shit like this and there's more yeah. 
I definitely like it more than the Masada record. I think the improv's more lucid. It's also the first record uh, we produced ourselves. Um, so Scott Hall mastered it, came out great. It's going to be a box set with uh, Osmodius, which is Mark Riboke, Grahowski, Trevor Dunn. That's another C. No, another C is Julian Lodge and Gian Riley as an acoustic duo. And then uh, Jim Black Trio is the fourth uh, CD. So it's going to so, come out box, box set. That's sick, dude. So Scott Hole, does he do... The Pig Destroyer, Scott <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm saying... I want, I want, that's what I wanted to get into. Like it is, uh, he just the guy who he goes to, to master the more metal side of his shit. Uh, he's, Scott, got, he's just got to deal with him. And he's like Grammy winner genius dude. Like, Oh yeah. So he just, he just masters everything. He has a certain way. He likes to master metal. Um, but I, he masters I, his other I, styles too. What do you say? Does he master Zorn's other Oh yeah, he masters all Zorn CDs because he's just That's got fucking crazy, dude. A deal with them. Uh, I so like Colin, I like I like both of them equally. It depends what I'm doing. Colin mastered the Saratma, and I thought he he did a better job in certain ways. And, I mean, it depends what I'm doing, I guess. I, I, Colin really gets what I'm doing, so I really yeah. try. Uh, but Scott's also amazing, and like, you know, there were some amateur rough edges on this Bagatelles, like. So he did a great job at like getting it to the finish line because it was, it was, of course, like when we started, it was like a little hairy and then like in the middle, oh, now it sounds great. By the end, it's even better. So it's just kind of all over the place because the sessions were spread out, but yeah. he, he mastered it just perfectly. He's a genius and, and he just made it perfectly even. And, you know, um, so I, I like both of them. I feel really lucky to have both I'd of them. I'd love to have Colin on, dude. I've actually... Uh... I've been recently thinking about it like within the last couple of weeks i'm like i need to contact him because he's definitely somebody who you know with his extensive engineering career too like but oh. just being able to you know uh cite uh the whole octopus as a band seeing live that just totally blew my mind and and just to let him know that like we you were mentioning earlier with his war guitar skills like that it, it's hypnotic watching just watching him play oh. that instrument you know and there's oh. so many there's so so much other talent in behold the octopus i mean that i can't say anybody else's name but the drummer was blotted science right oh yeah but not anymore he's not he hasn't been in it. yeah but he did that first record he did oh, that yeah. first record Charlie. And then the guitar player, he did Dire Wolf. I remember that side project that he he was the head at the helm of or whatever. It's like another band of geniuses. Yeah, that's yeah just dude. I like that band. I, I love all that stuff that, that came out of there, but Colin always tripped yeah. me out because like that was my first actual um introduction to the war guitar in general. Like seeing this mm -hmm. this yeah. instrument, and you're just like what the fuck is this? I feel thing, like dude? I feel like I saw them play with the. Did they open for the Flying Lutenbachers one time? Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. Yeah, yeah, I think we saw them at the the Hemlock in San oh, Francisco. I the, saw them open for Dysrhythmia, which is was, funny. Oh, sorry, oh Dysrhythmia, that band's. Yeah, I was yeah. saying that that was funny that like seeing those two bands 
Colin play with Behold, and then Colin play with Disruption, yeah. and then you see right. those okay, two dudes right. go on to Gore Guts, and you're just like, "What the fuck?" Oh, this is Gore Guts, right? And, and I just recently was telling you this, Casey. It was the six dollar Elbow right. Room show where it was six dollars to get in, and it was dollar paps, dude. It was like fifteen right. bucks to fucking see those bands and get yeah. shit faced. You know, well, like in '03, like in West Philly, Disruption yeah. moved to New York yet, and I was just like, "Who are they?" Yeah. yeah. And then it's just again that was like in Philly they were the Secret Chiefs three that was the group that was like you guys you got it yeah. and it's like I'm looking for whoever's doing it I'm grabbing onto them and just being like I'm following them because there were people in every area like Flying Lootbockers was another one right like oh, yeah. yeah I mean we got to open up for Mel Banana that's a little old school but still Mel oh, Banana yeah. still down it just came through totally. or something. Casey no. grew up with the loc or grew up watching or no being adjacent with the locust guys too. Oh yeah. Right? Oh same. Yeah, hey. I was talking about that same whole scene. Yeah, dude. And there's just something really satisfying just as mm-hmm. art too. Like it's sensory art. It hits your senses. You can hear how unique and pure it is. It f- just feels so satisfying. Like these people cooperated. They they got a thing together. It's mm-hmm. like incredible. They they're they're pulling it off. It's original it feels good like it's just so satisfying you know on this visceral mm-hmm. level the whole thing of a of a good group um so i i just oh, like I'm one of the people that i found after 2004 that made me sincere again because i i basically was like oh that's what it is i'm not doing that that's so stupid that's so, i can't believe that's what it, i got i just yeah. needed someone to show me that a band wasn't stupid you know what i mean oh, dude, yeah for sure it's so funny because I like grew up on so much of that stuff. Like my high school was kind of a music art school, like kind of thing. And at the time, at least, and uh, dude, have you ever heard of Upsilon Crux? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're okay. incredible. Yeah, that yeah. band, I saw them at UCSD in like 98 or some shit or whatever year it was. Like I was like freshman or whatever, dude. We were just like, he was playing the those North drums that like go all crazy out. Have you seen those that like they're, 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 they're like drums or was that are they like like goto drums like like played on the with mallets no 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 they're, it's like a drum set but the, but they they look like tubas like the way that they're like designed like oh, they those. crazy like or like megaphones or whatever like they like the, the drums like come out and then they come out all crazy oh, wow. like, cobham has a set of those yeah wow that's yeah. awesome yeah i mean yeah. nothing that's fine in that you know and, I, and it's like people think it's like snobbery when you're like I don't like the LARPy shit. I don't like black metal bands. Fuck you if you're going to just tell me what kind of band you are. Like, and it's this genre. Like, I probably won't like it. So you think it's like snobby. It's like, it's not snobby. It's not, it's like if you just approach it the right way, I probably like it. You know what I mean? I just totally. don't like yeah. just don't, redundancy. That's really what it is. Like, don't, don't be redundant. I heard this before. Like, who needs another black metal band in 2022? Like, seriously. <laughs> You know, and people love that shit. It's so popular, but like, it's a passing thing. I mean, I saw, I saw every, I saw everyone try to copy Converge, then Botch, then Neurosis, then Isis, then Meshuga, then Periphery, then Animals as Leaders. You know what I mean? It's always something. So, like, what, what's what's getting beyond that linear track? Like, what's above it that just exists, right? Like, that's yeah. that's absolutely yeah. that's that's like Kaoda. That's uh, Zorn. That's yeah. not like no one's doing it, but but it is like those people do that. And yeah. other, oh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I yeah, agree, dude. It was weird. I, I my high school was like all just filled with these really artsy, like just super 
indie prog crazy bands and all kinds of stuff and it was like for me it was like normal i was like everyone grew into high school like this right like that was like a normal but it's just I'm very know, like because i had like one you know, like guitar we didn't we half related and i yeah. like dust and then it was like there was nothing for me really but, yeah no totally dude and like oh man do you know the band physics you ever heard that band no you should okay. check out are you like physics that shit's really cool yeah i think they're san diego based band but they they have physics one and physics two those are like their main releases they were like come out in like the 90s and then they just put out another one like kind of recently which is physics like one and two are the classics and then there's like the oh instrumental oh yeah yeah dude that stuff's really cool it's like it's really interesting it's it's but they're part of that whole scene like down here and stuff and um and that was the cool thing like even back in the day like i remember seeing you know like the locust play and then you know cattle decapitation you know playing after them before they were known as a metal band or touring or doing anything like it was just like who is this band all of a sudden and like all i mean it was like you'd go see you know converge and you know neurosis and all these bands or you'd go see you know the locust cattle decapitation and you'd see metal bands you'd see experimental bands you'd see like everyone like come just together in this like and it was like all about like the I don't know, yeah, like the art of it was was really cool too, you know. But of course, you know, scenes, yeah, you know, um, there's always an image that grows in scenes, and that's another thing. It's funny, you know, you made some funny points and good points about that tonight. But yeah, I don't know. It's it I it's funny because you're talking about all this stuff, and I'm like, damn, it's funny. Yeah, that's like I grew up on that stuff, and to me, it's so normal. Like it's like, oh dude, like that was what it was all about. It's just like in high school like all my friends was like oh yeah dude just prog like you know fucking king crimson rush you know yes and all this old and then all the you know just all the bands i just mentioned and all that i don't know it's it's so it's i love that music dude <laughs> like i still oh, yeah. listen to that you know totally. it's cool. and it's interesting because even if like there's bands in like i don't think black sabbath is particularly larpy but like yeah like, actual pedal boards of doom it's like all right bro like every riff is like black Sabbath. <laughs> you know what i mean sure. it's not yeah. not unfair at all it might be a little slower but i'm sorry dominant seven like holding on half time it's fucking black Sabbath. the tone everything you know i like, have a question i'm afraid to ask you what do you think about iron maiden i i like iron maiden i mean it, here's the thing it's not my thing for sure i, but like I respect it. it because i yeah. i know you know i in the quarantine i got more into like the big rock bands and how they do their shit because I don't do that and I don't think it's going to happen for me. And I also right. just kind of, it's, it's like, whoa, look at that. You know, yeah. and looking on how like Metallica created their first few records and like walking about like Ride the Lightning and like, dude, the, it's all about Cliff, dude. Like, like, Fleming Rasmussen like produced their sound. He like, yeah, set, like set up their whole shit for them. Like Lars didn't even know like what an upbeat was. He had to like get them to <laughs> yeah. play. He couldn't hold the time with the thrash beat. So I just really like interested in like oh, this Fleming Rasmussen, Rasmussen dude. Like no one really knows him, but he kind of like created Metallica in the studio. Just yeah. and wrote his shit. I mean, they also wrote their songs, but they couldn't play them well enough, and they couldn't produce themselves. So I kind of, yeah. I kind of, uh, I forget what the, what was, what did this even relate? To? Oh, Iron Maiden. So so yeah. yeah so I'm watching Iron Maiden, and it seems like. Their show is basically the best rock show there is. As right. far as we gather, it seems like that's like the best rock show. So I'm going to go see them when they come around yeah. again. Right? I got everything Because I never nice. saw them. And like, yeah, it's like, I, if I'm being honest, like that riffing style 
is not my thing or what I relate to. Sure, sure. Yeah. I don't feel really, you know, it's it, like you got to respect a band that's been together that long and still just dominates probably. I mean, they're probably like put on a better show than Metallica, get more people out. They're like more sustainable. Yeah. So it's kind of amazing when you think about it like that. It's like, I mean, it seems like it's more functional than the Rolling Stones or like most yeah. bands ever existed. So on that tip of like, keep a band together, put on an unbelievable show, just kill it. Not judging it as like, is it creative? Is it risky? Is it lucid? Like all the right. shit, yeah. like forget about that. Iron Man is basically a perfect band. And right. their rhythm is absurd. I mean, period. Like that's it. Yeah. I don't like, you know, it's not my favorite kind of grooves, but you can't, you can't deny the rhythm section. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, totally do. Yeah, good point. Definitely more like gatekeepy dork in my twenties. Like fuck, Iron Maiden. You know? <laughs> 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 like, totally, you know, dude. That no, great. <laughs> Joseph, dude. I mean, this has been a real like one eighty from last night when I opened for Rings of Saturn. <laughs> oh, for Rings of Saturn. Oh my god. Yeah. I like live, I hear so many mixed things. Uh, they're. They change a lot, and uh, they have a lineup uh, now that they're doing the new instrumental album that just came out. Um, oh, metal! Yeah, it's all instrumental now. Um, but it, I mean, like I, we were uh, the open like local opener on a five band bill. I'm sure every band used to click, including us, of course. Every band was like, you know, LARPing. I guess if I <laughs> that's the first time I ever used that word. Um, oh, it, <laughs> including us um but we I, were larping as the, the yeah we were we were i'm gonna try this we're gonna we were larping as old rings of saturn that people <laughs> wanted to see who they didn't get to see um and we killed it and it was a fun show um <laughs> anthony's dying i love it <laughs> um but yeah dude it was like not there was there was not a single note improvised all night except for my drum fills that i fucked up um wow. and uh it was it was funny because when you're in that zone of like here's our audience we're gonna fucking hit this market blah, blah blah you don't think about like the artistic decisions that you're long ago have been set in that led you there you're just like this is the goal um but it's, i don't know so you're, like, saying like, you're, you're the anti-matt right now well, no, no, it's saying, opposite the duality of that it's not I'm really i didn't have yeah yeah in a way i i didn't have time to think about a lot of this stuff because i'm just like i love being it's in really. this tech death world and it's fun but then a week before i played that litho cascadia fest and that was like pagan cascadian black metal and folk music stuff and oh. one of the Bellwitch guys was there by the way he was rad um oh. But uh, yeah, so I've had like a lot of different aspects of my worldview or music world, like kind of intersecting, but not not bringing the avant-garde, not bringing the, the New York stuff in. Now it's like, whoa, I forgot that there's this whole thing. So it's very refreshing to but be. You, okay, to I, will, I will say Joseph has done some great improvisation that I've seen with. Oh, Casey I love it. Too. Yeah. Like I, the first, oh, I was going to talk about it. Yeah. I want to say that like, there's this one video. I don't even remember what it was. I think it was the first time I ever saw Joseph on video and Joseph was playing saxophone Yeah. to 
Diego Sanchez on yeah, yeah. guitar. Well, we should on guitar. And we should talk about that, but we should let Matt respond to what you just said. Though, oh, did I? Did we talk, and we're kind of oh, talking shit. over him. Let right. Matt respond. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Oh, I thought you wanted to say. I'm sorry if you didn't want to talk. Okay. Uh, never mind. Uh, but yeah, Joseph and I did this this improv death metal shit that kind of came about as like just kind of by chance, and we've actually done it a few times, and it's been pretty rad. Like also with our friend Diego from Discourage. It's actually I, I was all about. It. I was like, dude, we should start this only improv death metal project or, or whatever. Oh. But we also add other. It's not just death metal. It's like saxophone like anthony just said yeah so, you know that it's we, fun uh, as fuck their project uh isenathrac yeah, yeah that's like crazy dude oh that's God. just fucked and yeah that's just not pushing everyone let's like poking people who are like this is oh, sick okay like, so wait you gotta explain this to me what is it it's this fucking i mean i don't even that's one of those bands like i could i don't think i could even start to explain it like you just kind of got to listen. Who's to involved? Crazy it is. It's Alfred Marston and three other like death metal dudes that I, you know I'm spacing on their names. I'm sorry because I'm not. Is it improv? Everyone. Yeah, it's all improv. All, all improv. Okay. It's cool. like yeah. it's like the most extreme thing I've ever. And it's all like uh like wheel vocals like with yeah. the gurgling and shit. It's like right. fucking crazy, dude. True. I think it's yeah. one of the things Colin's done honestly. Like you get, yeah. it's one of the most extreme things i've ever heard and whether it's a joke or not is kind of like it's like it's like you can't figure out if everybody's it's, done a version of it in the studio while they're in between songs or you know we're just going to come out here and jam out and everybody had that one little spark we were talking about it earlier where y'all did something together that was actually like whoa it's just, that's what you're chasing dude that's yeah it. And, and it's and, and if everyone feels it and looks around, that's all actually now back to like what we were talking about with ayahuasca, where it's like certain people see the same thing. You know, the whole mm -hmm. group is not hallucination. So like we can't hallucinations, yeah. Why is it, motherfucker? You don't know what you're saying. That's your brain. You know, no, no, no. Like you don't know either. We don't have charts of these realms. We don't know shit about them because we just put them out of our head. That doesn't mean they don't exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we don't we don't know that that's like and that's the best part. You know, um, and we so, all physically look around the room while we're in there, like holy shit, we all understand that we caught this wave together. Right and now, let's see how long we can ride it together, and and maybe you know use ourselves together to make it to where we can ride this wave longer. And you know, totally. Now, I just say about Riggs aside, and the reason I was laughing about that is because this is another thing about this age that I think is really funny. I've noticed that like no one reacts to music reviews, period, good or bad, unless it's a virally, like if it's so bad that it's funny and then it goes viral, that's the only time anyone's checking out a review. So it's almost like a formality to me. But what I do notice is like one of the most, like, like at least in 2021, one of the most talked about rock stories of the year, and I know nothing was really going on, was trapped shitposting on fucking Twitter, right? Like that's yeah, what... Yeah about and everyone went on twitter and shit posted on the trap page and got that doofus to say something right like it's like this is the most talked about story in rock music for the period so it yeah. gets this fucking dark shit where i'm just like people aren't even following this for music like i'm pretty sure the way i could get more cleric fans is to go on behold the octopus and Kralis's page and this page and be like listen little bitch your music sucks Shit's got better songs every day. Fuck you. And then have just right. 
or online, I will get more. the entire music scene following me in one day. But so like, <laughs> fuck everything in a way. I mean, because clearly what's happening and no, uh, nothing like extreme language decibel and metal injection can come up with can like make up that difference of like, no, bro, trust me, this time it is the most extreme record you've ever heard. <laughs> this time it is. No, I'll hold the football. Run towards it. No, like, like that's what's happening. So like, I don't, I don't yeah. like, that shit gets really annoying because I realized like, so wait a second, it doesn't matter how crazy I am artistically. That doesn't matter. It matters like how, how much gall do you have online to like shit talk and be like a personality. So like the rings of Saturn thing, right? Remember he made that post, like there's not a better guitarist young, like I'm the best young guitarist in this genre period. Uh, I, yeah. I think he said best young, I think he said best guitarist period in tech death period. <laughs> Like, and he stated it as like the alpha male. And like, yeah. it went around the entire fucking world, dude. And it's just like, this is how this game works. This is insane. Or like, like I'm sorry, you know, this is this is related to John Frum, like tangentially, but like the faceless drums, right? Like I followed all that shit. Anytime they got any traffic was when he was having like a fucking meltdown. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, this is how this fucking game works. This is crazy, dude. Like. Yeah gonna sit here and sound like Jimi hendrix and get even three people to watch but this the <laughs> i'm like this motherfucker like real hardcore oh oh everyone <laughs> real, it's real ape it's still ape shit dude uh, messing with all of our lives man stone ape we need that stone ape theory yeah rings, uh, yeah rings of saturn really has like eroded the distinction between a band and a brand and they've a really they're kind of like in a meme. They're like a clothing line yeah. with representatives who play guitar that aren't always even uh, the main people. Sometimes he's hired other people to go on tour and play music that they wrote, but under his name. It is a very weird. Well, that's like, been going on for. I mean, that's. that's he, doesn't, yeah. to say. he doesn't even go on tour sometimes, right? Yeah, he was he was there last night. He played. So the new album oh, is really? kind of more his project, but in the past it's been other people playing under That's his band's name. So he's ultimate. like kind of like a manager plus uh, occasional, you know, songwriter and stuff. But um, well, I mean, someone like that, and again, like Lars Ulrich or something, is like you know what? Like I can't do that. And like I kind of got to a point. This you guys might think this is funny. I love the shit out of Trailer Park Boys. It's like one of my favorite shows of all time. Oh, yeah. And there was one time where I like binged Trailer Park Boys like multiple seasons, and then watched uh, like uh, some kind of monster, and I realized <laughs> we were all just like versions of the character. <laughs> <laughs> like I realized like Lars was Julian, and <laughs> Ricky, and Kurt was Corey, and like Rock <laughs> was Leahy, and like like uh their manager like like the the metal blade dude is uh like like randy you know with the, with the stomach and oh I, I, it just made so much fucking sense and then i saw Lars is like whoa he's like dr dre of metal basically like he just pushed this entire fucking thing like just raw hustle and like yeah i'm not like i'm not enamored with his drumming i get all the criticisms but like uh you know longstreth john longstreth origin like we used to go out drinking and he's like the thing about Lars man like you just know it's him like as soon as you hear his hi-hat and you gotta just be like that's hard to do and it's like yeah you're right like I, I'm I, he's not like the best but you think about his hustle and then the fact that you just know it's him every time 
you know, and, I and justice for all came to me at an age where I was pretty young and I had not heard too much drumming like that other than like cowboys from hell. But like for some reason and justice for all was like the pinnacle for just a little bit in my life. I just had to be exposed, but like the seeds and justice for all was the first Metallica CD that I put in the CD player to listen to. Oh yeah. And I mean, and, and it's the thing to go with the rings of Saturn and Lars's personality. It's super like alpha cokehead. Like I'm the fucking main man. At the party. Like, it doesn't matter what I actually am because I'm coming on that strong. And anyone that's able to do that definitely does well in this environment. Right. <laughs> do you think it goes back to kiss and Gene Simmons? Yes. hundred percent. That's a great point. It does go back to him because that's like he's like the Donald Trump of rock music, basically. <laughs> Have you yeah. seen that hat he's been wearing with the money bags on it? Like in the oh, commercials. Oh, dude. <laughs> I hate to laugh when I saw that. It's like I turned into that fucking meme with Thanos and Thanos yeah. is the boomer and the other one's the millennial. It's like, I don't even know you. That Like, that's what happened <laughs> with Gene Simmons. I was just like, I'm, like, I'm going to fucking kill that guy. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, he's, he's uh, talk, talk about a bloviating nitwit, fucking doofus. Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, it's just funny to me that all these personalities, like fevered egos, like Bill Hicks used to say, like they they like it does well. If you're gonna go, if you go online and you're like, I'm the fucking man, bitch. It's like, yo, it's gonna work. What the yeah. hell? Yeah, I just never yeah. stop saying that, like <laughs> Kanye style or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, people love it. Just it's never, crazy. never say the other thing. Just always yeah. say that, and then you'll get there. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter if it's not true. Just say Take it until anyway. you make it, dude. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, walk right. the walk, flip yeah. the flop, dude. <laughs> Back to the larping starter kick, right? Like, yeah. Everyone else getting away with it. Why can't I get away with it? This idiot can do it. Just the, all the right. culture is that way, right? It's just like, who's the biggest dick? Oh, they're the strongest one. It's like no, it's no, no, alpha no. shit, dude. It's all yeah. Is the strongest one, you fucking idiot. Not the sociopath. We're so collectively like Stockholm syndrome with that. Like sociopaths, man. That's just be a sociopath. Everything will work out. It's like well, now you can't cooperate. You can't even have a friend. You can't be anyone's friend, right? Is that real strength? No, it's not. No, it's not. That's some fucking that backwards version of strength. That's like our convoluted cooperation is strength. Right, like support is strength, kindness is strength, empathy is strength. This is the opposite of what we all believe. Like, um, and that social media thing proves that because who gets farthest in social media? In social media, the biggest troll, the biggest sociopath, the biggest loudmouth, the one that's willing to have the least amount of shame that yeah. gets traffic. And that's partially the algorithm, but it's also the algorithms just reinforcing how we all are. Right? Yeah, dude. It's all it's all strategic it's all bullshit so this is the thing dude like let's un let's understand that that's the situation now let's fucking know how to uh shield ourselves from it as much as we can and fucking listen to good music and fucking and love our people love our our uh yeah anybody in our vicinity just fucking be positive dude listen to great music like this is my, where i'm at dude like I, I i understand like be aware of all that too but like don't like, 
popcorn thing. You're right. Yeah, exactly, dude. Like, I understand that, like, I, I know that there's deep, dark clouds that are always waiting to come over that, that mountain in the valley that you're waiting in, dude. But it's like, no matter what, like, what else have we got but the people that were around? That's all we got the people that we love and, and the art and the, in, in the other aspects of life that we love. And you just, you just hoard it like a little chipmunk dude and find your little spot to fucking <laughs> bury it. And, and hopefully no other motherfuckers are going to fuck with your, your stash dude, you know? And, and, and positivity is a big part of that fortress of like, that's going to be, helping all those things like like you're totally right even with everything i said it's like yeah well positivity is still the answer i mean it is dude and i i feel it through your music too i know it, when we're talking about tension like and release and stuff like that like there's so much release in 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 your music and and zorn and all this stuff like the, there's so much tension but it's like there is this release. You need to pay attention to the re release because no matter what, like we're going to feel the tension from existence. You yeah. Know? yeah. It, it's yeah. an everyday thing that's always going to happen. So this is a reminder of here's the tension, but also a reminder of release. Like yeah. you can, if you have control and you, you get your shit together you can release and and have control over at least in the moment that's all it is in the moment what else is everything except for the present that is everything and and the positive present like like being positive is embracing the true possibility of the present even if the world is on fire around you the positivity can transcend that and find so that something can, dude it helps you see clearer um you can see everything as opposed to only one side whereas like negativity is always one side whereas positivity is always everything mm -hmm. you know uh that's something i've just learned very recently because I've, I've been really struggling the last few months and i did start to you know just get really dark feelings uh that i didn't know what to deal with i didn't know how to deal with them because it was it was like never gotten that dark before and uh it just it just made it more dire to be positive mm -hmm. it made it survival it's like because it, it is survival like you have to you know what i mean like yeah i, I understood that for a long time uh maybe i'm addicted to the feeling of negativity right like well yeah i mean i i could i could agree i love you know i i can get into that moment where it's like oh i really enjoy sad music or i i tend to lean on the negative aspects of my life versus the positive aspects but i mean you you do it it's an ebb and flow thing guys it's it's not yeah. like you it's can't you can't just be in one thing like it we constant like finding homeostasis is the is the path and and whether you're conscious or subconscious of it you're finding homeostasis well you how are you going to find homeostasis you need to see the one side of the thing and the other side of the thing and how am i going to middle that you know and so feeling feeling the bad is what tells you what is good and vice versa like yeah you're feeling too much good i'm sorry you're gonna you're gonna catch some bad because you need to be reminded 
of why you're feeling good. Yeah, you're totally so right about that. And that's the danger of dissociation. And the American dream is kind of dissociation, right? Like the ultimate is to never work, be in your place, just fucking like as many drugs and alcohol as you want, as much money as you want. The world can't touch you. You're 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 separate finally, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's so fucked up. That's our ideal. Like I'm not saying it's everyone's, but that's like our like generic ideal, right? Is like I don't even need to talk to anybody anymore. I'm I'm separate. It's like that's pretty interesting that that's our ideal is to be totally separate, right? Like I find right. that really interesting because it's like you know like that's just not that's not a real that's not a real relationship with reality. You're you're dissociated, right? Yeah. Like, and then you're projecting that dissociation outward as a mythology and telling everyone else to buy into it like it's religion or something. It's like, yeah, it's pretty fucking stupid when you break it down. Our 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 ideals, our generic mainstream ideals are not respectable because they're self-serving and petty, right? So it's like what I'd like to do is serve something better than myself with people I love and cooperate for real. Not yeah undercut them and like i'm not even capable of being a friend you know someone who's totally achieved the music the 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 american dream and is like on a cloud of their own privilege and wealth and all that is like i don't think they're capable of friendship i really don't i think they're only capable of taking advantage and getting away with stuff uh so i'm just looking for friends for real right you know and i think a lot of people feel that way i think we're just done with the psychic like weight of trying to interact that way is exhausting because it's all transactional and it's all based on manipulation and trying to fool people and i really don't like that that's that's what i'm trying to bring to the table as a sincerity you know that's like showing people that everyone is sincere we're just choosing not to be you know Mm -hmm. but and all and just to be about um your your immediate community it's like that's building it more into back into village mentality like i have uh, i have a family my brother has a family we're close-knit i have a best friend who he has a family we're close-knit like everybody is like a community like we're a small little village and 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 that may be called a bubble in this society now but if we rewind reel back the fucking tape guys we were villages back in the day and everybody used villages to expand and right. and grow because that was the only way that they could expand and grow is if everybody was a team right Right, and and that's that's really true, and and definitely with music or art, I, I think music scenes specifically, it's like everyone trying to undercut each other and talking shit and trying to compete each other along this linear line. It's like you guys are just wasting fucking time. You could all be equally good. Just stop undercutting each other. Stop playing the same game in the same way, and you won't even compete. There's no competing if you do this the real way. It's a circle, not a fucking pyramid. You know, I feel like a lot of musicians just get twisted up like that. You know, it's like, yeah, I want to just art in general. Like I want to be the winner, you know, and it's like, it's a, that's a pyramid. It's not a circle. Your whole conception is strange, right? Like all our, all our favorite artists probably like you were saying, don't even give a fuck what other people are doing. You know, they're too busy doing what they're doing. 
They don't have time to think about other people. Definitely. Hell yeah, dude. Well, we lost Casey too. All right, we're I guess we're over three hours now, dude. That why that flew by, Jesus. Dude, I've been having so much fun, and I feel like I could I could do multiple shows with you, Matt, dude. I think me and you could fucking do a back and forth for a while. Oh, let's do it. Let's do another one. Yeah, dude. Please, I, you have an open invitation, dude. As soon as we can get you in, you can come right back, dude. Maybe I'll bring someone else from Cleric next time. Yeah, dude, I'd, I'd like to hear uh, a backstory of one of those other guys because, man, anybody who's involved in that project, I, I my ears perk up. I'm intrigued, dude. My antennas, I, I need to hear everything, dude. Nice, man. Oh, yeah. Well, cool. Matt, please, uh, Plug all your shit again, dude, for anybody who's been hanging in here for this long. <laughs> with us, uh, Cleric is on uh, Web of Mimicry. So go on Web of Mimicry's website. You'll find us. We have two original records, and then we have a Masada record for Zorn, and we have another record for Zorn coming out in a box set in September. And then Infinian has a vinyl out in August, and we have five records on Bandcamp you can check out. Um, Shardik is my instrumental trio group that I write the music for. It's not collaborative. It's all my own stuff. And that's a, on Sadiq. You can get that on Amazon or Sadiq website. Uh, and then John Frum uh, is working on new stuff. And we're going to record next year the next record. And uh, the first record is on Relapse Records. You can check out that record, that, that band's with uh, Derek from The Faceless and Liam from Dillinger Escape Plan. Yeah, dude. We didn't and, uh, even get into that, man. You got so much to talk about, dude. I and then Saratma is the uh, Nefarious Industries release this August, and uh, yeah, man, I just uh, yeah, about to record the next Titan Attack on's record with Trevor Dawn. It's two bass project. You didn't like, even mention that name, and that's the name that I knew about too. Yeah, I mean, I'm recording like four records in the next week. <laughs> guy, dude. Uh, new york is you know like if you move here that's you just go for it that's how right. things move over there huh so i'm getting more into the free improv scene up here just you go in and you record you have no plan and you just it's all improv um one of my favorite recordings this is now not creative music uh some improv music but um i got to record with the drummer tyshawn sorry in uh in march uh he's a macarthur fellow and and uh this wonderful saxophonist from Tennessee, Zoe Amba. She's incredible. Um, and Micah Thomas. And that record's going to come out in August. Um, but that's like on a fully improv, like 20-minute track. But it's one of my favorite things I've been on. Um, so, yeah, a lot of stuff to just, you know, if you search my name, guitar, and then just associate it with with Sadiq or Mimicry or New York, a lot of the recent stuff comes up. And then if you just go on Discogs, it has everything in order. Uh, you know, I'm, that's, that's just funny. Dude, of- Matt, what are your Sunday schedules like? Because I feel like I need to have just like a a back and I, forth with you soon, dude. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We could do a bonus episode for the, in, in your near future. Yeah, I'm sure people want another seven hours, right, guys? <laughs> oh, I could do it, dude. I'm saying, like, me and you, like, fucking let's one-on-one do our thing, dude. It doesn't have to be soon, but I'm saying 
if it it'd be like a bonus episode thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, maybe oh, when uh, yeah, maybe when that bag of tails comes out in the fall. Okay. Cleric, cleric CD. That's not far away. We can do that. But yeah, just trying to hit it hard. Uh, yeah, dude, you definitely hitting it hard, dude. You're about to get a job, like a normal job. So just keep that as a caveat. Like I'm not up here in, my, in the clouds. I'm like, it's it's bare. It's it's every day figuring out how to like not go broke doing this. So starving musician. Yes, I, I classic. I, fully, fully irritating and romantic. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, uh, it's it's what kind of gives you. There's a part of that that gives you your character, dude. Yeah, because I mean, you know, I'm trying to follow the people that I respect and do exactly what they did, and all the people mm-hmm. through this podcast. It's like I I wouldn't be know what to do if they hadn't have done what they did. So I'm trying to do the same thing for whoever comes after me. Totally, right? dude. And I, I think that you're a great inspiration, dude. I think that. There's definitely somebody who's going to listen to this right now and be like, what the fuck am I doing, dude? And pick up and take off on their little fucking split off of the path that they've been on, dude, for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. and uh, We appreciate you, dude. Nef- yeah, definitely, yeah. dude. And uh, please keep Matt Hollingberg's name in your mind. Go Google that shit if you're not going to do it right after the, you listen to this. Go and check out everything this dude's about i am not joking i enjoy every fucking thing that this man's done thank you sir right on dude and uh with us it's uh calideathpodcast.bigcartel.com go get yourself a shirt it's getting low in inventory i need a shirt yeah dude (laughs) and uh battleforgecoffee.com got one of those bad boys recently dude go check that out get fucking forged for battle and uh yeah have a great rest of your week guys uh matt hang out just for a couple more minutes with us real quick and uh we'll wrap this up love you guys and uh we'll be here next week no breaks anymore for a little bit love (laughs) you